Welcome to 454, the Drunk Texture Podcast. I'm host as always, I'm Tyler, and joining me with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Tell you what, man. It's been a wild week. Had to deal with like certain family matters and stuff like that over the past week, but uh, nothing really like uh, nothing really like serious or anything like that happened. But at that same point, at the same point, I'm fairly glad that uh, they've already gone through and stuff. So, yeah, long story short and stuff like that, my dad kind of went to the hospital a couple of days ago, but nothing, like, he's back home and stuff, nothing entirely, like, serious and stuff, but, uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a scare, but at the same point, it wasn't, like, severe enough to where, like, uh, Mm life-threatening. But uh, other than that, though, it's like, this week has been pretty much weird. I mean, work has been work and stuff. It felt weird going back to work today after being off for the past couple of days. But uh, it felt like more like I, like I was continuing on from Thursday, like from Wednesday or something, because I worked like three days this week, and mm. it was so weird. Like it felt like a Thursday huh. to me today, where all that shit. But other than that, though, I have been playing a little bit more in terms of games like Haven. I've been downloading a couple other games on the Xbox Live Game Pass service and stuff. Actually, there's quite a few that were added this past week that I may have interest in playing a little bit of come down the line nice. but other than that though i purchased something on the playstation store i did manage to get something that i wanted to play uh-huh. and what's kind of funny about that it's like it's it's kind of like this the thing you would expect me to buy and that is the castlevania advanced collection oh okay yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah that makes sense makes sense but um dude i just had a hankering to play those old those older castlevania games I mean, for God's sakes, they're the freaking games I used to play in high school, for God. For... And plus, that stealth announcement from the Nintendo Direct like a week or so ago, I felt like, you know what, this is going to be the best time as any. I like the improvements that they did make upon it, and then like what's going to go on with uh, doing that. So let's see what I'm going to do when that comes ahead. But other than that, though, man, I'm I'm doing all right. But how are you doing, Tyler? You know, I'm doing okay as well. Um, Well, you know, I mean, that, I mean... You know, I'm glad your dad's okay. First off, um, oh, thank you. Yeah, but yeah, I, I get what you're talking about. Your your week's starting off because you missed a couple of days of work, and like I had the, I mean, I had the week off from work, which was nice and very much needed. Uh, but like, I'm now I'm at the point now where it's like the vacation's essentially over. Tomorrow's Sunday, and I go back to work Monday. So I'm in that like depressed zone where like I'm, I talked to my mom, and she called me and stuff. I haven't talked to her in a little while, and I'm like, how was your, you know, how was your vacation? I'm like. I was all right. You know, I mean, it's like first world problems here, but it's like, yeah, it was okay. But it was just like, by like Thursday, I was just like, I don't want to go, I don't want to go to work, but I'm like, I'm kind of over being home kind of thing where it's like, I just, <laughs> I don't, you know, I didn't have anything to do. It wasn't going anywhere you know, or anything like that. It was just like sitting on the couch and it was like, after a while, it's like going to watch so much TV. You can actually only play so many video games, believe it or not. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I was just like, kind of stuck because like, man, I really wish I was just almost rather just had these two weeks to like are these two days these last two days like thursday friday which because my work you had to take a week you had to take like a week off at a time um they can, you know uh so like but i wish i could have just taken like a, had like a five-day weekend and then save those two days to have like a four-day weekend later on down the road but uh yeah 
Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but it was like you know, it was very enjoyable. It's nice. Uh, uh, you know, it's funny. Though, I like, I definitely feel old now. Where I was like, oh man, I'm gonna stay up late and play games and watch movies. Like, there's so many movies I've been wanting to watch. I just haven't had time to get around to them because I don't have time to watch. I don't have t- the time to watch a movie after um, at night uh, on the weekdays and then. Uh, you know, on the weekends, it's, I want to watch football. I want to. I want to play games. I got other shit I got to do. We got to mm. record the podcast, shit like that. That's so, true. Uh, it's hard to like, uh, you know, uh, find time to like sit down and watch a two-hour movie. Um, I was like, oh, I'm gonna catch up on all these movies I want to watch. And every fucking, I'm like, but I want like I like to watch movies at night, especially like especially because like there's a bunch of like scary movies out there that have come out recently I want to watch. And I'm like, but it's like I'm feeling old because it's like, I'm like oh man, I'm getting kind of tired. And I look over and like. I'm like, I'm thinking it's like, oh, it's got to be like 1130, 12 o'clock at night. I'm getting a little tired. I look over. It's fucking 930. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> like, what the fuck? God. Oh, dude. I know the pain because like when I used to work in my last job and employment and stuff, I'd start falling asleep like about seven o'clock, man. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Why am I sleeping? But then again, I have to wake up like around four in the morning and stuff to just get shit. And all of a sudden I start getting tired towards that time. But uh, yeah, man, it's like you're getting a little bit tired a little bit earlier and stuff. But you feel like you want to get to sleep a little bit earlier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, I've been there quite a few times, man. It's like I had to literally force myself just to go forth and just try to fall asleep around midnight, which I never thought in my life I would actually try to force myself to go to sleep at midnight. Mm-hmm. Oh, because I'm so used to back when I was a teenager, like staying up to like about two in the morning or so. Right. Shit. Right. It's crazy. Like think in the summer, I would stay up to like three, four in the morning when I, you know, I'm talking like kid, kid, like middle school and shit. Stay up till three, four in the morning playing video games and then like just playing Pokemon blue on game boy and or whatever, like JRPG on GameCube or whatever. And oh, shit, dude, <laughs> like, yeah, now it's like, fuck man, I would, and like you'd sleep till noon, but I was like, man, I think of that just like that sounds terrible. Like, oh my uh, god! Then like the moments where you try to stay up like two days straight or a few days straight or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, there was that. Now, maybe not for you, but there was a time I thought, you know, like uh, young Gabe just uh, going forth and like, you know what? Let's see how many days I can go in a row without going to sleep. It was oh like, no! I, it was during the it was a, during a summer. It wasn't school yeah. time oh, yeah, or anything else yeah. like that. Where I stayed up literally for like a day. Right, I'm like in the car or something. My parent, with my parents and stuff like that, and like I'm in the back seat and stuff. We just stop at this uh, one uh, convenience store, no longer around, but at the same point, it's like we get a couple things. And uh, I was chewing some gum, and like I was just uh, just going back, and all of a sudden, I just fell asleep briefly for like a couple like uh, minutes. I'm like, oh, oh god, I I feel exhausted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And that well now, and what sucks now is now now that we're in our 30s, I know we're still young to a lot of people, but yeah, that's old. To us, you know, especially millennials, that's old. And it's like now that we're in our thirties, that's just how we feel all the time. Like we've been up for a day and a half. Like no matter what, you get nine hours of sleep, four hours of sleep, doesn't fucking matter. You're just tired all the fucking time. We're in that awkward middle period where it's like uh, we're not like old, old or something like that, and we're definitely not young, young. Yeah, you know? it's like it's young, like we're now stuck old people in the look at us everything. like we're young, and young people look look at us like we're old. That's where we're at. That's that's the thirties. I know, the, man. Just like trying to match the feeling is like. Uh, it just, you know, it felt like uh, not too long ago we were like in high school and shit and we were able to identify with some of our friends and this and that. And all of a sudden it's like you get away from that from a certain period of time. Like for me, it's like I graduated high school in 2006 and it's like it's 2021 and it's getting closer and closer to like, say, 20 years since I've graduated. I'm thinking like, oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah. I remember when I saw, <laughs> I remember when I, uh, like my high school graduation class, they had like a uh, 10 year reunion. And I was just like, oh, my God, really? Like, it, that's when, it, yeah, 
that's God, 10 years already. And it's like, yeah, now I, you, well, it's your 15th anniversary. This year it'd be 15 years. Yeah. 15 years. This year I'm, I'm, I graduated with seven. So yeah, it's like, I'm my 14. It's, it's nuts. It's like, it's so crazy to me when I watch <laughs> college football and I like, I still look at them like I'm in that age range, but I'm like, fuck man. I'm like 10. When these guys, when I was in, I, you know, cause like I always grew up, I grew up watching college football and shit. So I was like, yeah. to me, they were like grownups. And it's like, I look at them now, like, you know, I don't even think of them as like when I was their age, they were in fucking elementary school, which like there, there, I saw a thing where they said that, um, this last year's the NFL draft uh, uh, 2021 NFL draft was the last year that kids born in the nineties will be drafted. So after 20, after next year's every kid drafted will be from 2000 or later. So <laughs> yeah, that's where we're at now. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. The thing about, and you know, we're at that point in our lives and stuff where we look at certain NFL players that are either thinking about retiring or on the cusp of retiring or in their 30s. And I'm yeah. like, oh, God, that's like we're old as us. Man. Yeah. It's like, it's it's like Todd Gurley, who was like a really good running back for like a four year stretch. And he's out of the league. He was really good. But they had like one. He had like a, just bad, he had bad knees. And he's out of the league. He's 25. And people look at people look at him like he's old because he's been he, he went to the league young and yeah. or he's 26 now. And it's like I saw it the other day. He's like, man, I'm like, I was looking it up for like because he's still not been signed by a team. And I'm like, that's kind of weird because he played in the league last year and he was okay, not great, but he's okay. And I was, I was thinking he was like late twenties or something like that. Motherfucker was is 26. I'm like what the fuck? It's like, goddamn. I, I look at you know, yeah, it's funny. Like you think about like guys that are washed up in the league now, and it's like they're younger than us. <laughs> it's like fucking Christ. Like we look at them like they're old, but we would love to be their age again. But, uh, oh yeah, oh man, yeah. Especially like uh, when I got to think about it, it's like the one of the youngest players like drafted in the NFL draft this past year was Trey Lance, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like he's like what nineteen or something like that. 20. Like 20. 20. 20? Yeah. And thinking about that is like uh, he's as old as uh, my uh, <laughs> like my cousin, my young cousin, my second cousin technically and stuff, and she's like around nineteen or twenty or some shit. I'm thinking to myself. Holy crap! When this kid was born, I was literally playing Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, this kid doesn't even know what Pokemon is. No idea. No idea. Whatever. That's yeah, fucking nuts. He grew up with like Gen Five, and we're like, "Fuck, dude!" It's like, oh shit! It's like, yeah, twenty or some odd years or something. I was like about thirteen. Yeah. Right. Oh my god. Yeah. We we start doing the math on shit. Like, God, it hurts. But uh, yeah, that, that's that. We are not here to talk about us getting old and, and bitching, and complaining about being. Nah, our, we're talking about video our, games. Yeah, exactly. We're not here to bitch about being in our early 30s. We're here to talk about video <laughs> games uh, and playing those games in our early 30s, which is it's a crazy thing, Gables. We've been doing this over eight years. It's like, man, we were in our early to mid-20s when we started this now. Yeah, we, we were. Well, we have we have gray hair now. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Think about it that way. Yeah. I still yeah. get comments from my mom. It's like, oh, you got some crazy-ass white hairs in your beard. Like, yeah. Thanks, Mom. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. I always hate when people are like, I'm like, fuck off. Don't don't point this out at me. But uh, anyways, there's a few things I want to talk about before we get into uh, the, the meat and potatoes of the show. Uh, first off, um, Extra Life. We are now in the in month of October. I was telling you, we were talking about it a bunch uh, before the podcast about some plans we're going to do. Uh, kind of, you know, for what we're going to do on Extra Life Day. Uh, and then kind of we're going to do like a special like podcast where we like, instead of doing it in the show, we usually, every year we do it and it's like, takes up a good chunk of a podcast instead of like, right. Right. We're just going to make it its own separate thing. Where we're going to talk about like 
tips, tricks, surviving extra life and uh, our past experience, things we've learned over time. Uh, we're going to do that in a week or two and that will go up towards the end, towards the end of October. Uh, but it's funny. Like I keep seeing all these, like everybody like on Facebook and uh, TikTok and Twitter, like posting how excited they are. Cause it's Halloween. I'm like, man, I'm fucking, I got chills over here and excited. Cause I know extra life is a month away. So that's, that's where I'm at. Um, when, when I see October, that's immediately what I go to is like, I look forward to it all year round. Uh, but it's like, it's when it's like, it, you know, it really, it feels like it's like being a kid and like this, it's like Thanksgiving's over. It's like, Oh man, Christmas is coming up got a month. That's the way I feel about extra life as an adult. Um, but that is coming up November 6th. Um, go to extra dash life, uh, extra dash life.org for more details. But basically, um, people play games for 24 straight hours. We raise money for the children, miracle network hospitals. You get to pick any hospital you want to pick, uh, in the United States and Canada. Um, if you guys want to participate, please go check them out. This is a really cool thing. They've, uh, rate, I think this is year 13 of theirs, year 12 or 13. I can't remember. Um, this will be my 11th year to speak people's 10th year. Um, yep. and, uh, you know, you pick a hospital. I pick Iowa city. The one, if you ever watch Iowa Hawkeyes play every home game at the end of the first quarter, uh, they have the, the children's hospital right across the street from them. And at the end of the very first quarter, uh, at home games, uh, everybody turns around and waves to the kids cause they actually built, a, they added on to the hospital and then you can actually the kids. So the kids can actually watch the, uh, the Hawkeyes play every Saturday, which is awesome. Um, yeah. So that's what I'm going to. Gables does Seattle. Uh, yep. Seattle children's. Yep. So, uh, but that's, that's what our picks are. Like I said, you can pick any hospital that you want to pick in the United States of Canada. Um, if you want to check one, like I said, want to sign up, you have people that you think might be interested in this extra dash life.org. It's a really great charity. Um, Raise over, like I said, over $87 million. Um, and I believe this will be its 12th year. So doing really great. Uh, let's, hopefully we can get every year they've done it. They've broken the previous year's record. So a uh, good chance they'll break $100 million, uh, t- combined uh, this year, which is we don't, have, we don't have a total yet for this year. So they usually don't give us uh, – they don't usually tell us until usually uh, – we usually don't see the number until around Extra Life Day. So uh, that's November 6th, but you can do it any day. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be hounding on this. We're going to be talking about it every week. Um, but yeah, just want to get that out there. It's a, it's a great thing that we do every year. Um, next up, Gables and I had our bet. We had, we made a couple weeks ago about PS five showcase where, yeah. um, we made predictions. We both sucked at it. We went over three each, uh, and the loser <laughs> had to play the maze, which is a really terrible game that I'm in that Justin, uh, my best friend and former co-host of ours, uh, and I are both in the credits for this game. Uh, I actually <laughs> bought it on steam of all places. Uh, and I started playing it. I, I started playing it. I'm on, I, I've actually beat this game on Wii U when it first came out. Uh, but um, I'm replaying it now. It's, that was like 2014, though. So it's been a long time. And um, yeah, so I did that part one. I played a little over an, about an hour, 15 minutes of it. Gables, it's worse than I thought. It's worse than I remember. It's so bad. Uh, and then I'm playing it's with, worse now that it's older. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm playing with mouse and keyboard. Uh, this game was old in like 1987. That, 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 so that's just like now it's... It was, it was just a 2014 game and it feels old now. It felt, it felt old, like 20 years old then. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm supposed to play with keyboard and mouse. And let me tell you, it's not great. It does not work. Maybe, well, I, I'm, I don't play with keyboard and mouse, so it makes it even harder. Uh, platforming is way more difficult in this game. It's, it's just, it's, it's a bad time. It's a very bad time. But it's, I, I streamed it. Uh, it's on our YouTube channel. Uh, go check it out. Uh, you'll see it's, it's one of our latest videos. It's, I even made like an actual, like, uh, photo. I, my shitty on the toilet photoshops I do in three minutes. Uh, I did a, a thing <laughs> for that. It's on there. So the, the thumbnail is so it'll, it'll stand out. Um, 
yeah, I'm going to keep playing through that. I, I think, though, luckily, luckily, Gables, I don't think we have to beat every single maze to finish the game. Oh, uh, thank God. Well, I hope that's the case. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm going. Is I'm doing the bare minimum until I beat the the last maze. So I, I made like there's each there's three worlds. Well, there's four worlds. The fourth world's a bonus world. Which, fuck that. I'm not doing it. Uh, but there are three main worlds in the in the campaign. But there's no story or anything. And um, each one has eight levels in it. But uh, after oh. after I beat six levels in world one, they let me go to world two. So. I could do, I just want to do the bare minimum to beat the final to beat the final world. Um so yeah, there there's that. And then um uh, I'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. I had a question about the rest of the year for us, but uh we'll, we'll get to that here a little bit later. But uh we want to get to, let's get into the news, Gables. Yeah. Uh I want to talk about all of that fun jazz. So Gables, um this week marks the 25th anniversary of the Nintendo 64. So yes. I thought because you know you put it in here, I thought it'd be kind of fun though, like to talk about like what are the things that we uh, you know our, our memories of N sixty four and you know it's kind of like let's you know, celebrate a little bit about the N sixty four. All right, so to put things into perspective, the first time I got an N sixty four, I was ten years old, and uh, this is back around ninety eight, and uh, the thing was about it is uh, we would I. First time I ever heard about N64, it wasn't in a magazine. It wasn't like, say, in store or something like that. It was actually on Nickelodeon because at that time, around 96, before the launch of this system, there was a contest that was being advertised in Nickelodeon and it was advertised in correlation with a kids' show at that time by the name of uh, The Secret World of Alex Mack. Oh, okay. now, okay. the thing about this was they were advertising that. The people that would enter, they have a chance to win Nintendo's newest system, the Nintendo 64. And I thought to myself, Nintendo 64? Because uh, I've been playing so much like the Super Nintendo and the Game Boy and stuff like that. But uh, flash forward, a lot of my memories in regards to N64 is when we got it originally. Like uh, when we did get it originally and buying Super Mario 64... I could not wait to get back home and stuff in order to play the damn system because mm-hmm. literally I was back in the back seat. I had my brothers with me and stuff, and I was holding the box, and I would be scoping this box out. I'd be checking all the various fonts and everything else and stuff, the little advertisements with the games in the back of the system, this and that. And uh, during that night and stuff, each one of us took turns playing as Mario because... At that time, it was one of the first, like, 3D platformers that uh, was actually decent. Mm. <laughs> like, you had Sony that previously tried to 3D games and stuff with Jumping Flash and stuff, and then, like, uh, some other attempted 3D things, like, say, on the Super Nintendo with, say, like, Star Wars or Stunt Racer FX and stuff. But, uh, yeah, we spent so much time playing Super Mario 64 that night, making Mario crash in the walls, like, doing jumps, like, off of cliffs and all this other shit. But uh, the thing about the N64 I remember is there were a lot of great experiences from games I never even thought about. And a lot of my gaming tastes came from this generation in general. Because before then, I had never played a Legend of Zelda game. I never played like anything in regards to some of the wrestling games at that point. Or even like certain sports games, you know? This was a system to where... My older brothers at the PlayStation, they had the PlayStation 1 and stuff like that, and their set of games that they would play. My little brother and I, we had the N64, and so it's like we had Mario, we had Mario Kart, and uh, 
gradually we'd start going into a little bit more of like the games that we want to play and so a lot of my times and memories spent playing is like games like super mario 64 like wwf no mercy like wrestlemania 2000 wcw nw revenge you know Mm -hmm. a lot of wrestling games because i was a huge wrestling fan during the 90s too if you were a kid growing up if you were a teenager into the 90s and stuff at some point you've would have watched professional wrestling because those there was some great shit happening at that time <laughs> but uh but yeah a lot of my experiences like that like playing ocarina of time for the first time and getting stuck like uh at the third temple and stuff like that for a jabu jabu's belly and stuff and <laughs> and then like systematically begging my dad to buy the player's guide for me because i couldn't fucking figure it out <laughs> yep and uh, he ended up doing that and stuff like a $20 guide before Nintendo discontinued the shit and so I kid you not it spent like three years as a kid replaying and playing through like Ocarina of Time and stuff only to get stuck to Jabu's Jabu's belly and then just quitting for like a good solid that's why it took me like about three or four years to beat Ocarina of Time when I first played it but um, oh god the multiplayer aspect playing Goldeneye playing Perfect Dark and stuff with my older brothers like, here we are playing, like, co-op, like, uh, couch co-op, right? And uh, we're playing GoldenEye, and uh, my brother's been getting systematically pissed off because I choose Odd Job and stuff. Because <laughs> he was the shortest, he was the shortest one. And you could hardly, like, uh, aim and shoot as it was with the C buttons. Because this is before the whole, like, uh, the whole advent of dual analog sticks oh, yeah. for controllers. And so, basically, for those listening that don't understand what I'm talking about, it's like, for the N64, you didn't have dual analogs. You had one analog stick with C buttons, and the C buttons would be the ones you had to control the camera with. Oh, so terrible. Oh, yeah. we It's terrible now, but think about it back then. It's like, we were we had to get used to that whole control scheme, and a lot of us got used to that control scheme. But, uh, God, Smash Brothers, like, no, mer- no Mercy stuff, I mean... God, even the Pokemon Stadium games and stuff. That's the thing. When it came to the Nintendo 64, that was my first hardcore Nintendo console, really. Because I'd play games to the Super Nintendo. I played mostly Mario stuff and whatever type of like uh, licensed titles that my parents would buy me at the time. But as a teenager, this was like pretty much that uh, one console that I'd enjoy the hell out of. And I still have a consistent library of 20 maybe 25 games i love playing through every once in a while god dude it's yeah it's just one of those things and stuff to where that system in general only had in the u.s like 200 and some games really and like Mm -hmm. out of all of those i could argue that uh maybe there was like 20 potentially like 30 some odd games that were actually worth playing on that system but yet the games that we did play were fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah and a couple there, stinkers. There, yeah, there's definitely a big uh, bar, like a big drop from like the top tier to like everything else. There's there's very oh. few things in the middle. It's basically like all-time classics, garbage. Like Oh yeah. Yeah, there yeah, there's like yeah, there's like it's funny when you like you when they like they had the direct last week and they showed like all the games coming out launch. And then the game's yes. coming soon. It's like probably a combined like fifteen games. I'm like, yeah, it pretty much covers everything. <laughs> like, I'll tell you what, man. It's like that's that's what my main thought too. Besides Winback, that's a game I never played back then. Yeah, all of those games that they had mentioned, I've had systematically I own or I've 
played through to death on that stuff. Yeah. Originally on the N64, which I thought that's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, it's like the only thing there that's missing, and obviously it can't happen, is like the WWF No Mercy, like those games. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like those games, obviously, will never happen. But uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Like the the N sixty four is kind of a weird generation for me with this. Where like, um, I remember we had one uh, and stuff. I remember uh, like because I was like seven when this this thing launched, and I remember my my. So I probably told the story before. I remember my parents. My dad, like, he, uh, like I remember, I was remember like going to GameStop with my our uh, EB Games actually. No, no, Funko Land, um, mm. like the mall here. Um, when I was still thinking for GameStop, bought it, and um, we uh, go in there and like I remember like going with my dad day one. He bought like PlayStation, the PS One. I also remember like day one him uh, buying. Uh, God damn, what the what's this Sega? Saturn? Saturn, yeah. So we bought the Saturn like day one. My dad did, and I remember Shit, it was, dude. yeah, it was terrible. We never like, I think we put like, we had like a demo disc that had like Bubs, Bubsy, and like Panzer Dragoon and shit on it, like okay, and, and like okay. a couple of boxing games and shit. But it was like it was, we never played it. My 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 dad and my his his best friend at that time were always over playing games and shit. Like they never played it. So I remember like I think it came like ninety five. I want to say. Or maybe 90s. I can't remember. But I remember it like, was 95. 95. But, uh, yeah. Okay. That was so notorious back then because the Sega Saturn and stuff, it released way too early. Yeah. And a lot of the games did not make it to launch and stuff. And so for that first year or year or two or something like that, you hardly had anything to play on it. Yeah. So I remember like the following winter. So the, the, the Christmas after. So Christmas 96. We've had it for a year plus. The stream. This, uh, or the Saturn. Saturn. And uh, I remember my dad uh, calling like Target, and he's like, "Hey, my my dad bought this for us for Christmas, uh, but he he meant to buy sixty four. Can we exchange this?" And like my dad, like he saved the packaging, like everything was like pristine condition. He cleaned up the set. I mean, the Saturn just sat there collected dust for months. We never played it. Like I I mean I wasn't a big gamer back then. Like I, I became a gamer like late nineties with like Pokemon Metal Gear. Uh, but um, yeah. I still, you know, your kid, you play video games, you play him. Um, so like, I remember like crying in the living room and he's calling Target and like thinking they're gonna go to jail and like, go, like I'm gonna get to be like go to foster care and shit because like my dad's like <laughs> lying about this. And I remember my dad putting it back in like pristine condition back in the the box and even to like just kind of like sell it a little bit more he added he put a little piece of tape with like a ripped up little tiny piece of uh, wrapping paper on the box and make it look like he just opened it on like the day because like, this is the day after christmas oh and God. uh yeah so I remember my, you know my dad they went they they, they he's like you know, i remember the target guys like like i don't even think we sell the saturn <laughs> it's like the, so, but they bought it and like it was crazy i could i can't believe it worked but i remember my dad oh they were sold the Saturn. yeah like that's how bad the saturn was it was like a year and a half later the thing was already like dead um oh. but i remember like my dad they went and exchanged it and they bought Star Fox 64 and they bought uh the 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 mad the new madden mad 97 and oh. that was like my like my my parents my dad my uh his best friend, they'd always like would play like Madden and like boxing games. Like they played a lot of sports games basically. And I remember like uh, having that and playing like Star Fox 64 and stuff like that. Like I said, I wasn't a huge gamer then. Like I, you know, like I was a kid, so I'd play them when they were there. 
Um, but like we didn't have Mario because like that wasn't like my, my my dad's games. I do remember like um, you know like Pokemon when Pokemon came big uh, here like uh, getting Pokemon Snap. And I, my, one of my fondest memories actually of the sixty four isn't even me playing it. But like I remember like in the winter my dad uh, my dad and his friend would like uh, they work construction so in the winter you couldn't work so they get laid off in the winter and collect unemployment. And yeah. so I remember one day coming home from school and it's you know. January, February, they're not working. Coming from school and like when when they wouldn't work, like my, my basically my dad's friend, like and he just basically he was there twenty four seven. They would like stay up late, play play video games, go to bed, wake up, play video. Like that's all they did all day. <laughs> my my parents when I was born, my parents were still like senior year of high school. So oh, at yeah. this point, my parents are like you know mid twenties, early twenties, um, and uh, so like I remember coming home from school one day and they rented Pokemon Snap for me. I remember coming oh. from school one day and they were sitting there playing Pokemon Snap. Two guys in their their mid twenties in like ninety seven, ninety eight, I don't know what it was, playing fucking Pokemon <laughs> Snap and like having a, like I'm like, oh my god. You think that's funny now, but then you flash forward to you and I or something like that this year. We're in our thirties playing Pokemon Snap. Yeah. New Pokemon Snap. It's right. <laughs> but it's like we grew up with a nostalgia of it. Like these guys well, like yes, of this course. is like, you know, brand new thing. Like they have no nostalgia for this. It was just funny to me. Um, but like I, a lot of my like sixty four stuff is like like later on like I remember like um, Justin having one and like uh, uh-huh. at the time too and they had Smash Brothers and like getting to play oh, Smash shit. Brothers yeah. and, like I remember my uh, my aunt had it uh, at her house um, and they had they didn't have a lot of games for it but they had like Mario Kart and stuff because like oh, that's my cool. my dad's best friend ended up like dating my aunt and uh, oh. so like he had a sixty four there so we would like. So I like, he had like Madden and Mario Kart and shit like that. So I play it over there, but like like I remember like I had like I had a Super Nintendo when I was a kid. And, like I still had that in my bedroom, and I play like Mario Kart was like my thing back then. Um, maybe this is you know we're, we're, this is where the seeds were planted of me destroying children in Mario Kart. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, so like I remember like a lot of that, but like it was really later. I was like almost like an adult, like playing it more and more. Where like I had like. Uh, uh, one of my best friends at the time, uh, he was really big. And the, like, they were like really big. Like, this is like w- late GameCube Wii, day, Wii days where like we've had like, you know, Smash has been out. Uh, what was the Brawl? Was that the Wii one? Brawl was Wii, yes. Yeah, okay. So I remember this one. So this is like post Brawl and everything too, where um, like they still were, they were still playing Smash Brothers in 64. And like they they had a, like my buddy had a sixty four in his basement, and like there's a few like they weren't really gamers but they would play, like this was like they they were big stoners too so like the like the, there were like three of them like the the Justin and I were huge gamers and like we would obviously were playing the latest you know latest, uh, Wii games GameCube games shit like that and but they were like you know like they just played Smash on sixty four so like they would like if we played like Smash with, like on the Wii or GameCube we whoop their ass no problem. But if we on on sixty four though, like they play the shit out of it. So like whenever whenever we go over there and, and play and stuff, like they would like always whoop our ass. Like that's all they ever wanted to play. Um, and like we play, so we play like a lot. Even like even I remember as late as like 2011, one of our buddies was getting married, so we had a bachelor party, and we actually set up a TV, like uh, a bunch of us were living together, and uh, we like set up. We even like made a makeshift like a uh, beer pong table we had like there's a bunch of us over like at this like probably 20 or 30 of us at this uh, bachelor party and we actually set up this like a little area off in the corner 
where uh we like he wanted to play he's like dude i want like you have to have smash there on 64 because he'd always come over and play with us play play too at my buddy's house so like we like we had a little corner <laughs> where like people like all night were just like passing the control on four player playing smash brothers like that like that's how big of a thing it was so like a lot like i i, I definitely like I, I played like you know pokemon snap but i like i didn't play 60, Mario 64 until um ds i remember when i got when i got really? to launch on the ds and i that's when I beat it was on the DS, the DS version. Um, but um, yeah, like that, you know, cause like I said, I wasn't like a huge gamer back then. Like I, 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 you know, like I said, if there's a video game there, kids are going to play it. They don't really care what it is. Like I talked about like the very first game I ever played was Friday the 13th on NES. So, well, yeah, um, yeah. so like, and I played a bunch, but it was like, cause I was like, they had Super Mario brothers and they had Friday the 13th. Those are my two options. Um, yeah. You know, I remember this at my other hand's house. That's what they had. Uh, so like, yeah. So, I definitely missed it. I remember playing like Pokemon Stadium and shit. I'm like, I mean, even as a kid, I'm like, this is not very good. I remember my parents rented it for me, and uh, like uh, the only reason I wanted it really to play it was like I wanted the little thing that attached to the controller so you can play the the Game Boy games on your TV. Like, yeah, that was the, that was the best part about it. Yeah, right. And I remember like you you had to like buy you had to buy Pokemon Stadium. You had to buy the the, the adapter separately. Yes. Yes, and, that's the thing back then, Tyler, where it's like when you bought Pokemon Stadium for the N64 brand new, it's like you would get a transfer pack. And yeah. Quite honestly, I still have that transfer pack this nice. day because I use it occasionally for Pokemon Stadium 2, right? And even for Mario Golf, because you could actually transfer a character from the Game Boy Color version to oh, the 64 shit. version. Okay. That Those were things that I remember most about the N64s. There were some like odd things you could do with uh the transfer pack like you could transfer pokemon to and from your pokemon games and stuff so with that original yeah. stadium red blue and yellow for like uh the pokemon stadium 2 gold silver and crystal on top of playing the original games and you could speed them up but it was so finicky even if you say brushed the transfer pack it would it would automatically like have a like connection error or some shit like it was not like say the best in terms of the emulation side of stuff but at the same time, you had a chance to just play through Pokemon on your TV screen, you know? Or, yeah. Because yeah. let's face it, Pokemon Stadium, kind of a shit game. Can we? Is that? It's a shit. It honestly is a shit game if you don't use your own Pokemon from the Game Boy games yeah. and stuff, and have to rely on the rental Pokemon, which I agree is garbage. Yeah, I just <laughs> like I remember like renting it, and I was just like, this game is just not fun. It's not fun at all. And I'm like the, the best part about the the rat the lick a tongue and rat attack game fucking S-tier or the cocoon games. of one too dude it's oh like my the god true one I mean I love those oh mini my games god the sand true one fuck yeah man god damn I remember like uh, yeah I, I remember like I can't remember where I got it from I like I I think I borrowed it from a friend or something but I had like I had a 64 like when I was like hmm. a teenage years because I remember like yeah I bought it at, like a uh, like a, a game place I used to work at I'm not gonna give them any advertisement whatsoever because i hate that fucking place um but um I, before i even worked there i bought one for like 10 bucks uh-huh. and like that's all cheap 64 was it was like i could buy it for 10 fucking dollars um and if or if you wanted the expansion pack uh, it was 15 dollars so imagine how imagine this this is like you know 20 you know, 2005 2006 i remember i had that i bought that bought pokemon sam from a friend and i all i wanted to do was just play the fucking mini games that was the best part about that fucking game so 
Oh, man. I remember playing through and beating the original Pokemon Stadium. I had my own crew that I transferred from the Game Boy and stuff, and I went through the whole, like, gym trainer, like, uh, all the way to the Elite Four. And the thing about it was you got, like, a special Pokemon after beating that entire thing. Mm. I'm not too sure if it was Mewtwo or something like that or whatever the hell. But, no, Mewtwo was the final, final boss of that entire thing because after you've defeated all the gym leaders in like the elite four and the champion you have to have a special battle against Mewtwo right and you used your entire party of six against Mewtwo and he would be like super strong and stuff like about level 100 and bear in mind this is gen one there was no answer at all for psychic type Pokemon the only things you could use that would be super effective against psychic types are bug type moves and quintessentially like ghost moves but then again the ghost moves the ghost pokemon back then were part poison so they'd be weak to psychic <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah i i it's i it was sucks i never i never got the chance to because remember when you ran the game you didn't you there was no way of getting the uh the, the thing the the thing you can use to play your because there was right. a yeah the the the, the, what, the thing that you attached to put your game boy games into um but yeah like yeah so i never got a chance to do that which uh, that was always but I don't know. maybe one of these days the Switch will add Game Boy games so I can fucking play goddamn That's yellow, very possible. blue, gold, silver on my fucking TV. That'd be glorious. But um, let's move on to some of the news, Gable. So it was kind of like starting off kind of a, a slow news week, but it, uh, the last couple of days it has kind of blown up a little bit here. So kind of a quick one here, uh, a little bit where uh, Loose Studios, the people that are making uh, the people that did make Destruction All Stars, which was like kind of a really pop, like kind of like a forgotten game PS five launch game or was excuse me, originally supposed to be a PS five launch game. Uh, this would be like a full fledged $70 title. Uh, it'd be like the last minute they like stopped it from being a, a launch title and delayed it to like, I think February of this year. Yeah. And turn it and then like put it on PS plus for two months. And now it's like a $20 game, but it was, it's, you know, it was, it just kind of came and went. No one cared. Um, it wasn't like a bad game. It was just, it was a game. But anyways, they are making uh, uh, Twisted Metal. So it's been rumored for a while now that there was a Twisted Metal game in development because um, they're, they're actually making that uh, Twisted Metal show. Uh, they're, they're, you know, at least, or at least I think they're hiring now. Okay. Like, they're, I think they've hired a couple, they've announced a couple people that are working on the TV show. They're like actors. Uh, so we're in that, so we're quite a ways away. So it sounds like, you know, we're, I think we're seeing this like build up where like you're hearing more and more in the in the back or behind the scenes stuff where PlayStation is trying to kind of like the old school method, like back in the day when like a movie would come out, you, you have a video game come out with it at the same time. Um, but oh, yeah. hopefully with better quality, it's not going to be like, you know, we're not going to get shitty games um, like that. But uh, they're doing the twist metal show. So they, they want to have the, the game out, come out around the same time frame to kind of go and coincide with that, which honestly kind of makes sense for this. I think twist metal because, we haven't had a Twisted Metal game since 2011, and um, on the PS3, and that game came out, and I don't, it, seemed, it pretty much died immediately as soon as it came out. I think the, I think the game came out, and then like, uh, what was it? I think the the studio got shut down the month after they closed the studio the month after the game got shut down or the game came oh. out. Yeah. So I can't remember who like, but uh, David Jaffe, who was uh, one of the co-creators of the game, uh. Really oddly, uh, he's just the more he talks, I, I just kind of he's one of those people like I see pop up on like Twitter or like I'll see like when I go up on YouTube or something like that. Here's I see something about him, but 
he does like podcasts and Twitch streams now and shit like that. He did like this weird like threat thing towards PlayStation where he's like, they should have came and talked to me about this. I know where the the bodies are buried, but I'm but I'm like I'm professional enough to never uh, say where those bodies are at, which is weird because like if you're not gonna say, why would you bring it up? Um, also, <laughs> you know, it's like you don't own the rights to this thing. Uh, I mean, I just but it's super fucking weird. Um, but yeah, so anyways, Lucid Studios is making a Twisted Metal. Um, I don't give us like, I was never a Twisted Metal fan, but even back in the, on the, I remember having it on PlayStation mm. back in the day. And like, I, even back then, I didn't really care for it. I don't know. What, what's, what's your thoughts on there being potentially a new Twisted Metal coming in the next few years? Let's see. Having previously played one Twisted Metal game, which was Twisted Metal 2, I did end up playing a fair amount of that game, but uh, it was more or less when I became an adult and not back when it first released. I What I would say is, like, I hope that with a potential new Twisted Metal game coming out that it brings the best of, say, Twisted Metal 2 and especially Twisted Metal Black to the foray and stuff because a lot of those are fan favorites for good reason. Is because the story, if they match the things like the story and stuff being dark, foreboding and stuff like that, you know, kind of gruesome and some bits and pieces and stuff, I mean, I could see that potentially working in the modern day setting. But uh, the gameplay's got to be there, you know? It's like we are yeah. in an age and stuff to where you see... Games like Rocket League, right, where car combat could actually be a pretty fun goddamn, like, uh, genre to go through. I mean, hell, even, like, the freaking Sweet Tooth's ice cream truck was available inside of Rocket League for, like, PS4 and stuff like that. I loved yeah. playing that. That was my favorite vehicle to play through, to play as, because it's like, yeah, fucking Sweet Tooth's, like, ice cream truck and stuff. He's, like, one of those main antagonists and stuff inside of Twisted Metal 2 and shit, and it's like... I would personally love it if, say, they were able to create this game and have it be, like, better than what they originally did with the previous games in the series. As long as it, like, has playable parts and stuff to where you have, like, separate stories based upon certain campaigns of each character and you get a little bit more into the mythos of some of them. Because some of the mythos of the characters from... Like, especially the older Twisted Metal games, they're fairly dark, you know? It's like, oh gosh, I can't remember a lot of them off the top of my head, though, but it's like, but then again, I've only played maybe Twisted Metal 2, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, remember, I remember just playing, like, I, I think I, I played, it was probably 2 back in the day, and then, like, I remember, like, playing uh, Twisted Metal Black a few times. Um, I don't remember, I remember playing it. I don't remember how I played it, though. Probably at a friend's house or something. But, um, yeah, like, and even like the the PS3 one that came out, that was like early days of like online being a thing, and that was like oh, yeah. even back then it was like a couple months after the game launch. Now obviously PS3's online wasn't great, but a couple months after that thing came out, that it, you know no one was playing. Anymore, I actually so. heard that game was fairly disappointing on the PS3 in yeah. the grand scheme of things because there's like maybe three missions, like three campaigns in general, and it was vastly different than what people had thought. You yeah, know? that game. I think the, the issue was that game uh, just was in development hell and it was kind of like a thing where like it wasn't ready wasn't ready and then it was like okay you've had playstations like this needs you just should have got the pot it needs to come out now because it's like and it came out and like that's like i said the studio i remember this vaguely remember the studio getting shut down like yep. right after it like I'm, I'm talking like literally like less than a month after this the game came out the studio got shut down it might have actually i think been before the studio got shut down 
Uh, but yeah, I think that's something I remember too. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, like I said, we haven't had one in, you know, over a decade. So I wonder like what the IP will mean at this point. And you know, it's like, like, I guess there's been some talk. PlayStation has been talking about making this a full price game, uh, making a PS plus game, making it free to play. And it's like, I mean, we, you know, there's online games. We, we talk about all the time. It's a, it's a, it's probably the hardest thing when you, if you can succeed in it, you can do great. You like get you an impact in the first year. I mean, that game came out of fucking nowhere, free to play, uh, uh, game. And like the first year now being on, this doesn't even include consoles, just on mobile has made over $2 right. billion. So it's like, damn, if you can just have a slight, a little tiny sliver of this world, you can make a ton of money, you know, um, you know, you don't even have to like be the, the biggest thing you don't have to be a Fortnite or a Warzone to make money that rocket league is doing i mean it's still super popular don't get me wrong but it's nowhere near what it was you know five six years ago yeah um and it's you know it's free to play now but if you can just get a dedicated audience a decent sized dedicated audience you can just survive and make money for a long time so i'm, I'm curious how it's gonna work out i wonder if it if, i wouldn't be surprised if it just turns to be like a online only type of thing which we'll That's probably fine. make yeah, which I don't know. I don't know really know. like just make it a destruction derby type thing, but a different game modes. But yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Like, uh, I think th- I think if they put that as a full price, it's gonna be a tough sell for a lot of people. Uh, another really cr- uh, st- sticking with uh, PlayStation here. Um, so this finally come after months of basically PlayStation Japan. After J- PlayStation Japan leaked it by accident. Um, Finally, I've announced that Blue Point has been purchased by PlayStation. Um, no idea what they, they paid for him. Uh, obviously, Blue Point, in case you don't remember, I don't know. Uh, they did the Demon's Souls remake and the Shadow Colossus remake. They've done a lot of, they've mostly been a remaster port house. Like they yes. and mostly work with PlayStation. Uh, but they did like the Uncharted um, remakes for, or remasters for PS3. Uh, they did the Team Ico, they did the Ico and uh, Shadow Colossus remasters for PS3 as well. Um, they basically everything they've done the last like decade or more has really since like late two thousands has been PlayStation. Besides that, the only thing they ever did is like they they port they did the Titanfall port to three sixty the original Titanfall. Oh, oh um, okay. So that's the only non PlayStation thing they've done, and they did the Metal Gear Solid two three and Peace Walker uh, ports as well, um, hmm. or HG remasters rather. Um, so yeah, so they've they've been a really solid thing. Both of Gables and I had Shadow Colossus. And our game of the year, our, our top 10 game of the year list in 2018. Uh, and I remember there's, there's been a lot of concern about Demon's Souls because, like, recently they, like, they when they when they bought um, Housemark, that's when, it, that's when it leaked was when PlayStation Japan said they welcomed Bluepoint to the PlayStation family, but they were supposed to post, they were supposed to welcome Housemark, but instead they welcomed Bluepoint. And there was even a graphic. <laughs> and they quickly deleted it, but obviously it's the internet and that shit doesn't go away. Um, so, um, but when, when, uh, recently they announced like sales data for a lot of their games, like all their PS5 games, like yes. talk about, they're talking about how Ratchet and Clank is the fastest selling Ratchet game ever. Um, they're talking about like, they gave out like return, uh, returnal sales figures. I think it sold over half a million and this is like, this is like June, July. So, um, you know, for, you know, but just, it's a PS5 only game and it's a niche game and it's from this house marks first AAA game ever. Um, but there's a lot of concerns because they didn't, they never gave out sales numbers for Demon Souls. Come to find out, Demon Souls, a PS5 launch game, you can one of the like the handful of games you can only get on PS5. I think there's like only like five or six of them. Uh, they're PS5 exclusives. Um, 
has actually sold 1.4 million copies. I don't wow. know what the cutoff of that is. I don't know if it was like that is like as of this week or this is like la- as the last quarter or what. But uh, yeah, so obviously doing a lot better, I think, than uh, probably anybody imagines. Probably one of the best selling um, outside of Ratchet. Prob- <clears throat> wow, hit puberty there for a second. Outside of Ratchet, um, talking about Sin 64, brought me back to, to my uh, my balls dropping, apparently. Yeah. Um, but um, probably like, you know, like try that again. Outside of Ratchet, probably the best selling PS5 only game uh so far uh so that's pretty impressive but uh i think it's awesome that they they finally uh are in house also they did announce that they are working on the next project they're working on is actually original content so they're not doing a remake this time so uh kind of kind of interesting how that gills what's your thoughts on all this not surprised considering that uh heavy rumors plus that leaked thing from japan pretty much sealed it that blue point was going to be going forth and being acquired by sony yep on top of that, I'm looking forward to seeing what original content they're going to be coming up with since they've been doing ports for over a decade. And quintessentially, I'm kind of interested in seeing what original content they can muster. Yeah, and I, I think it's very interesting. A lot of people are pointing this out. They've never once said a new IP. That's very true. So they could be making a sequel to something. or um, I like, It's kind of a weird thing, though, where it's like, I don't want to get too crazy about it because, like, oh, what if they're making the next Metal Gear? What are like? What if, they're, what if they're the ones making Silent Hill? Because we know, uh, we'll get the Konami here in a little bit, but like, we know that there is a, uh, I, I guess I don't know if Blue Point is Japanese or not. I don't think they are actually. Now I think about it, because I know they Konami like Silent Hills said to be uh, a prominent uh, J- Japanese studio is is making the new Silent Hill. So I don't mm. believe they are because they did the a No Clip documentary, and uh, the people they were talking to were not Japanese. So I'm not, I don't think okay. they are actually so now that i talk it out it's not that's not the case but um i don't know it's kind of interesting because normally when they say they're typically they say a new ip so this makes me wonder if like uh maybe they're like making a sequel to uh something else or bringing back something else in their own form but i don't know it's it's interesting it's like kind of a weird thing where it's like you're kind of bummed but also like because like forever i've been wanting to like there's been the rumor forever of them working on uh one like remaking an old konami game whether it's Castlevania, Silent Hill, or Metal Gear. So, um, yeah, I don't know. But uh, speaking, though, of old-school Konami games, Gables, Konami is back in the world of making video games, allegedly. Uh, So this came from uh, Video Game Chronicles, VGC.com. Apparently that Konami is back in the game of making video games, uh, and they're, like, not so much building, like, studios within, but hiring studios to make uh these big triple like making both full-fledged triple a games uh, a couple of things they're working on right now is like they're making a new castlevania game uh apparently that's gonna be the first thing they announce is a new castlevania game should be talking about sometime next year but they're also working on having uh remasters made of the original some of the original metal gear solid games um apparently virtuous i believe is the name of the studio let me pull it up they are making a full-fledged remake of metal gear solid 3 just kind of interesting if all the ones you think would get a, a remake. I don't think um, that was the first one, but I mean, I have a link here. Um, so uh, this is from Andy Robinson. He's the one that made the article from VGC. He uh, said, I've been told the studio behind the MGS project is Virtuous, um, or Virtuous, I'm not sure how you say it, uh, who recently ported Dark Souls and the Outer Worlds to Switch and contributed in blockbusters such as Battlefield 1 and Horizon. So they've, they've been a port house. They've been a support studio. Um, they've never been like, they've never really made their own 
like this sounds like probably the well definitely is like the full pro, uh, biggest project yet. But if for all people who don't know, um, like or maybe don't have seen it, but there's like Konami's done like pachinko machines like that. That's kind of been the big thing for uh, a number of years now, and like they basically just kind of like got rid of like doing video games for a long time. And there's actually a Metal Gear Solid Three pachinko machine where yeah. they in the Fox engine, which is the engine that Kojima made for Metal Gear Solid Five, um, they remade the the final boss cutscene uh, in Metal Gear Solid Three, um, and made it for the pachinko machines, and it's it's gorgeous looking. And this is like four years ago, six five probably longer than that uh, when this came out, and apparently they are wanting to remake it in the Fox engine, which that sounds fucking awesome. Uh, I think, I mean, I guess if like, it's not going to be one, I guess three is the best bet. I mean, I'll either maybe five, maybe four. But um, I, I kind of want okay, I want to pull through a couple things. So Konami's uh, premium games output has slowed down significantly in recent years. This is all from the VGC article here. Um, in the past decade, the company has arguably grown a bigger reputation for its pachinko machine gambling machines, um, and all and you know uh, than its premium PC and console releases. Uh, However, following a restructure of the company uh, game, company's game development division earlier this year, Konami is now focused on bringing back its biggest brands uh, to the premium uh, game spaces. So the first of these titles will be a new Castlevania game, which uh, sources described as a reimagining of the series currently in development. Internal, also this is actually internally at Konami, so I was wrong about that. Uh, with support from local uh, external studios, there's been speculation that Demon's Soul Studio Blue Point could be working on a Metal Solid. Uh, however, VGC was told the series is uh, actually being worked on uh, the external studio of Virtuous, like I just said. Um, Virtuous is one of the largest game developers in the world. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Um, and focus is supporting on... So they have, they're one of the largest developers uh, staff-wise, but they have always been a support studio for AAA games. Um, yeah, they did the Dark Souls remaster, the, or- the Outer Worlds, and Bioshock Collection. Um, as well as working on Uncharted 4, Horizon, Battlefield 1. Um, so I'm just kind of scrolling through here. So like I said, new, new project is uh, early development here is the Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Uh, Comet also intends to remaster the original Metal Gear Solid games for modern consoles ahead of the larger project. So expect to see those soon. Finally, multiple Silent Hill games are currently in development at various external studios. Um, one of these projects was outsourced to a prominent Japanese developer earlier this year. So that's the one thing we don't know. And then another thing I forgot, uh, totally s- forgot this was a thing. Konami was supposed to be at E3 this year, and then at the last minute pulled out because they weren't ready. So maybe this is some of the shit that was uh, pulled that we didn't that we didn't hear about. So I mean, Gables, um, you know, you, you you were talking about the beginning of the podcast about how you that you bought the the Castlevania, uh, the new Castlevania uh, bundle. Um, yes. What's I mean. How are you feeling about the, the possibility of there being a full-fledged AAA Castlevania game uh, in you know in the 2020s era? Honestly, I am. I have every right to be very like curious and also at the same time very like uh, skeptical about this, only because yeah. this is coming from modern-day Konami, the same company that a few years ago rebrought out Contra and just abysmally just shattered out onto the store shelves because and, quintessentially not only that but it was one of the worst games in that entire franchise and just to, and again last year the hard corpse and then also just this month they brought back they brought out that the the e-football game that's now like it's just a free to play game mm-hmm. 
that came out. I don't know if you've seen the shit about this, but uh, they when they when the game came out, it was they said it wasn't gonna be ready, but it is buggy and broken to shit. So it's like it's like oh cool yes we're getting back these old IPs, but it's like oh man like you haven't proven that you've changed. Honestly, the most success they've had in regards to the games that have released in recent years have been collections of their classic games that they made like over 20 or 30 years ago with Castlevania, with Contra, you know, like the Castlevania collection that had all their classic games from the NES and Game Boy all the way up to like, God, what was it? The Turbo Graphics and stuff with like with Ron, like even like with, uh, with like turbo graphics so i'm thinking about genesis and super <laughs> nintendo more or less but like that plus like the castlevania requiem stuff with symphony night and rondo and then like the advanced collection this month you know with the game boy advance games and like the uh um the usa port of like vampire's kiss or like like dracula x and stuff and even like with contra as well you know with all the famous like contra games like from the arcade and then like the NES and Super Nintendo and stuff, even Hardcore South of Genesis, which is supposedly one of the most like well known and like one of the most like uh, well regarded Contra games in that entire series. And it's like they've Konami themselves. I feel like in this modern day they cannot make a good competent video game because ever since the debacle back around 2012 with Lords of Shadows 2, another mm-hmm. Castlevania game and stuff. They have been on a slide, like a little slide and stuff, until they hit like rock bottom with Metal Gear Survive after the fucking like uh, when Kojima finally had enough of that shit, you know. And like, I can, I can be perfectly honest with you. I am concerned that they're trying to reimagine the original Castlevania because, for one, I know they own the IP, but I do not trust their direction when it comes to their game design and also in regards to what they'll attempt to try to do. Another thing I could think of is, like, would this be console? Would this be, like, console, PC, or something like that? Or is this, like, another mobile game? Because that's also something that is often forgotten about to where, like... Konami also loves bringing a bunch of their games and stuff to like the mobile platform. They did. Yeah, they, they did. Too. They did say though uh, that they're, this is for modern consoles. Okay, this is for modern consoles. Well, I'll tell you what. I have I have severely low expectations of this new Castlevania game that they have in development. As is like the remasters of games that you and I personally love in regards to Metal Gear Solid Three. Which mm-hmm. you know what. I can understand. I I respect that. You know, you want to try to remaster Metal Gear Solid Three, which technically through the storyline is, you know, remaking that. You know, where it's like it's technically the first game in the series in the series in terms of story, the virtuous mission with uh, big boss and stuff. Well, you know, make it snake and stuff, and like I can understand that, but uh, a remaster. A remaster in the Fox engine, that has potential. I'm fairly more excited about that than opposed to a reimagining of Castlevania. Because I've seen shitty Castlevania games that uh, Konami's put out. And quite honestly, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the bottom of the barrel. But mm. still, you know, it is it is what it is, man. It's like, I'll, I will be cautiously optimistic about it, but I am not going to give Konami the benefit of the doubt. Because I have no reason to trust that they will like release like say a nine out of ten or even a freaking seven out of ten sort of game in a modern setting 
It's often yeah. realistic to think about it, but at the same time, I've constantly seen examples of this over the past 10 years to where they will fuck up something because something is awry or something is not done how it should be. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Like, they definitely got to, like, I think got to earn a lot of, like, the hardcore gamers' trust because, like, we've talked, about, we've talked about for years now, really since, you know, I mean, five, six years now since, you know, Metal Gear Solid 5, yeah, 2015, so, yeah, six, six years more where, you know, outside of, like, you know, and it was just really because Kojima, anything outside that Kojima didn't have his hands on, Konami, like, was just trash. And it's like, yep. you see where, like, they would whore out their, like, Silent Hill and Castlevania and all these. So, like, it wasn't even really developed. Like, they'd whore them out to external studios and give them a very small budget with a very little limited amount of time to make these games and poop them out as fast as possible to make a quick buck. And it's like, right. like okay, cool. Like, you know, like, instead of, like, I mean, which on one hand I can understand, but it's like, I, you know, but also at the same time, it's like, it's short term gains, but like long term, you're destroying these franchises where like, yep. yeah, maybe you cost you, I don't know, I mean, I'm just throwing out numbers here. Obviously, I don't know how much games cost. Maybe instead of spending, oh, right, it costs you $50 million to make this game, you might, you might make $300 million, or you can spend, you know, I don't know, a couple million, and you might make, you know, $10 million. But then like the next time around, when you, when you do that, you spend two million dollars in this game, or now you're gonna spend less because it didn't make as much, and then you're gonna get less back. You know, you just over time you're killing the product, you're killing the, the the IP. Um, I do have, you know, I think the remake could be really good. You know, because it's just it's a remake, even though I mean, uh, the remasters think we find because we've seen for the most part remasters because it's it's really just they're just touching up the original games. They're not really making any huge changes. Um, I think those will be fine. Like I would totally buy again. Like if they did a remaster of Metal Gear Solid one, that'd be fucking awesome. I think it'd be, I mean, even like the remaster of twin snakes would be incredible. Um, so yeah, I would be fully on board for, for that to have the, the chance to play those games and like, look like, like a 4k Metal Gear Solid one through three and possibly even four. That'd be really awesome. Just to have four playable outside, like on uh, a console. That's not PS3 would be fantastic. Uh, and I don't have to stream it on PS now. Um, yeah, really. But another interesting of this is that Gamatsu, which is a uh, Japanese website, uh, who's really good and really usually on point with uh, when they when they uh, break news on things, is they're stating that Kojima uh, is actually uh, making a Silent Hill game uh, with Sony being kind of the middleman of this. So he's not working directly with, with Konami, uh, but he is working on a Konami game. So possibly that we are finally going to see probably not. We're not going to see the original Silent Hill idea, but we're probably going to see what remnants and possibly mm. what could have been that. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would rather he be making Metal Gear Solid five part two so we could finish the saga. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know. The, the, it, I, it just, it feels like I hope that I think part of us is just wishful, hoping that this rumor is true and that these this news is true because it just be good to like have like you know like though this game will have all the chance in the world to succeed uh because it's sony's paying is paying the bill for this thing and kojima i mean i don't like death stranding but like i don't think it's a bad game i just it's, i don't like the game for, for myself so like i think at the very least that game's gonna be quality and it's gonna look great and stuff like that so mm-hmm. it's gonna have every chance in the world to succeed where 
Whereas anything else Kojima or Konami's doing in house or externally that they're paying for 100, percent I yeah, like you, I don't 100, um, uh, percent you know, I'm not 100 percent on board. So I don't know. With that news, where you're where you're at with that one, Gables? Uh, let's see. With the whole news about like the whole like uh, Kojima, Kojima and stuff like that with uh, Silent Hill. You know, that would be pretty awesome to think about it because even from the PT demo and stuff that him and uh, Del Toro and stuff like that were able to co-develop and stuff, that was an interesting experience to where there's a lot of jump scares, there's a lot of mind fucks, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest with you, in that regards. But, uh, yeah, I would like to see how Hideo Kojima would do, like, an entire game of, say, like, a Silent Hill, you know? That would be pretty cool. Yeah, well, let's hope so. Alrighty, well, let's move on to some uh, quick hitters here since we are going long. Um, a few things here. Uh, so, uh, God of War Ragnarok, which was obviously was officially delayed to, uh, to 2022. Um, we you know, figured out oh, COVID, you know, blah, blah, game development. We know how it goes. Well, Christopher Judge, who is the voice of uh, uh, Kratos uh, from God of War 2018, I actually said that he said he like kind of put this whole like tweet thread out where he's like, I'm in my fields right now. And I just want to like talk about this where he talked about how like, he's like most people that he works with in the business, like don't give a shit about you and just move on from you, blah, blah, blah. And he actually said that the reasoning for the delay was his fault. And like he really respects and appreciates the fact that, uh, you know, uh, Santa Monica studios and, uh, everybody was like willing to wait for him to, uh, to, to get the better because he actually had multiple surgeries. He had to have both hips replaced. He had to have multiple knee surgeries, uh, back surgery. He, had, he said, like, basically at one point he just couldn't walk anymore uh, and he just couldn't get around without being in pain. So they had to wait. They actually basically waited uh, months for him to uh, get these surgeries and get healthy. So um, just kind of a, like a really, uh, I think, a really great, um, story out of this where, you know, it's like he talked about like, it's like, you know, like you said, most people don't, most studios are like video games, movies, TV, whatever. Don't give a shit about you. And he's like, it's just really appreciated. Um, all the love and support he got from everybody at the studio. And he even said like, he was not allowed to like, he didn't get the okay to bring this up. Like he just kind of like, he just mentioned it himself. And this is actually all kind of came out of like IGN did this like, March Madness bracket of like the 64 best games of the last 20, like celebrating 25 years of IGN oh. this week as well. They did like a whole, like, and everybody, it was basically, it was a fan vote thing where you voted on Twitter, YouTube and uh, Instagram and on their website and everything like that. And God of War was, uh, won the whole competition. Uh, it was voted the you know best game of the last 25 years. Um, which I mean, I agree with that one, but, um, so anyways, uh, but he, that was kind of what sprung the whole thing along, and he, he brought this up. And I think, oh, it's kind of a kind of like a you know I you know it's terrible these things happen to him, but it's kind of a feel good story. You know, we don't hear a lot of those to see, see a lot of those in the the video game in, industry. Oh yeah, oh yeah, most definitely and stuff. I did, wasn't aware that this thing was going on either, but at the same time and stuff, that's pretty amazing how. The Sony Santa Monica waited for him all this time and stuff in order for him to heal and to make sure he's healthy and stuff before carrying on with their project. That's a lot of deep respect for someone, that's for sure. Yeah. It's also very interesting because they could have hired somebody else to do the, the actual oh, yeah, quite easily modeling for him, but like used his voice, but had somebody else act for him. But like, it just shows you as well, like 
you know, fanboying out over here, but it shows you how deep they are in their craft of like, you know, like, no, you, you we'll wait for you to come back and, and you can do it yourself kind of thing. Um, moving on here. So uh, Bloomberg came out and talked about how, I guess, 11 different studios had the a 4K dev, uh, dev kit of the Switch. Um, and it said at one point they had them, but then they took them back, blah, blah, blah. A uh, bunch of little things like that. Um, and then uh, Nintendo on their uh, investors Twitter account came out and said that that is not true, that nobody has a 4K dev, uh, 4K dev kit and that there are no plans for a, uh, a, a 4K model to come out um, anytime soon. Um, which is funny because so Bloomberg had a report <laughs> earlier this year basically saying the same thing. And, um, which I, I do want to point out, like, you know, Bloomberg, the, and they're usually pretty spot on about this yeah. and they actually had everything a hundred percent. Everything was on point perfectly, except for the 4k part. That was the only, they had the OLED screen. They had the screen size, everything, everything was spot on except for the 4k part. That was the only, and the, the fact that it was more powerful. Um, so there's been a lot of talks and rumors about speculating about like, well, maybe the, um, cause of the, the chip shortage and everything going on with like getting getting these uh you know consoles and just everything in the industry electronic wise getting made the price of it get like it's oled screens are a lot cheaper than getting uh these chips so right that basically the oled was turned like the 4k switch became the oled switch essentially um so it, it's very funny though because like people are like oh man this damn i mean the fact that they're saying this on the investor account not the nintendo account says something but it's like it's very funny because when they uh, when this the first time they, they came out and said this Bloomberg did the invent the Nintendo came out on their investor Twitter uh, account and said the exact same thing and then a month later announced the OLED edition so um, I'm not even trying to I'm not even, I don't even want to get into this whole 4K thing I just think it's funny that like Bloomberg doubles down doubles down on this thing and Nintendo and Bloomberg never said that. Nintendo never denied the fact that these never came. They, no one ever had them. They just said nobody has them right now. So never. They was all. Everything was said in past tense. Um, so then, like basically, kind of left it because you can't lie to your investors. So I think this was a very carefully worded thing. I like I said. I mean, this is like a lot of reports come out. Like that 4K thing was out there. They're working on it. They're looking into it. And then, you know, we got the, everything was right, but the 4K part. So. I somewhat believe. I, I think I believe the fact that the, the, those, those dev kits were out there, and then they probably took them back because that wasn't happening. Um, and that was what the whole Bloomberg about was count was uh, uh, articles about was about how uh, these developers had them, don't currently have them, had them. So um, I just think it was very interesting how everything in the in the Bloomberg article and the Nintendo uh, tweet was how, caref- how carefully worded everything was about there was never ha- has never or will ever or whatever. Uh, have one so i don't know gables what's what's your thoughts on this whole thing well from the whole rumors and speculations and stuff and the whole bloomberg report and stuff and the track record that nintendo was had and stuff it's like of course they would say that uh, they wouldn't have this and have that the oled switch releases this month yeah why next week yes exactly next week so why would they want to go forth and say now that they have something in development for a 4k switch and stuff when instead of an investor call or something like that you want to get the max amount of profit and stuff on the handheld that you're going to be releasing 
because you want the max benefit. And also, it's like if a consumer, from the consumer standpoint, what are you going to do? Are you going to go forth and get the OLED switch? Or are you going to go forth and get their next system and wait longer and stuff for the better version in terms of like a 4K switch that you can take on the go or play on TV or whatsoever? I mean, the the point is clear there. It's like, this is obviously Nintendo just saying for, for you know, for like, uh, you know, covering their ass in regards to the whole like OLED switch stuff. And doing the typical business thing where it's like, hey, there is a better product coming out and stuff, but we don't want you to know about this right now. But that's also yeah. assuming that one, yes, they are having like a bunch of these dead kits and stuff like for 4K switches and stuff going to studios and stuff. And if you're like in the studio standpoint, you're not going to confirm that you have any of that type of shit because you're going to risk like severe consequences from Nintendo legal actions from nintendo on top of anything yeah. that you had working on them could be could be completely just outright canned unless it comes to multiple systems by chance or something yeah. but uh to be perfectly honest i don't know what to think about nintendo in terms of the rumors any longer because a lot of them you know how nintendo rumors are tyler you know it's like people go forth and say oh this 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 is going to come out and like you don't hear anything about it for like the next couple months sometimes in the Occasions, it's like years, but uh, yeah, for this case and scenario, I do not trust a single thing that either side is saying for Bloomberg or in terms of Nintendo because, yeah, yeah people have been claiming for months 4K Switch. Nintendo, last time they said something about a Bloomberg thing, just like what you touched upon, the OLED Switch was announced a month later. Yeah. See, I, I, I lean towards, I think, the Bloomberg was correct. I, I, I lean like especially the fact that they doubled down. I can see that. The, the the fact that they doubled down on on this after Nintendo already came out once and then also announced the and lied about that and immediately announced the OLED model. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's the thing that's crazy in regards to them going off and saying things with Bloomberg and also saying things after what Bloomberg has said right now and stuff. Normally, they're a company that does not comment on rumors and speculations in that regards. I mean, They'll comment, but when it when it comes to the when it comes to the wallet, they will comment. Yes, yes, and in terms so. of this various report and stuff, which yes, at this point, you know, is kind of on the crux of being like a like a actual speculation sort of part. But yeah, 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 and like I said, I don't want to like turn this into the whole thing, but it's like yeah, the problem is with this is like Nintendo is its own worst enemy because they constantly lie to us. So it's like we can't believe them because they lie to us all. Like we like we just went through this three months ago, and then they announced the fucking OLED after they said that there's no that this wasn't there wasn't that the, they after they they denied the rumors the first time. Yep. And then they uh, then they announced that like there's a story I always go back to that Brian Altano told on um, that from IGN. He talked about how like they were at, I believe it was the new 3ds. They were at an event before the new 3ds XL was announced. They were at an event with, with Nintendo looking at the new 3DS XL. While at this event, they put out a press release saying that there is no current plans for a new 3DS model to come out after rumors came out of a new 3DS <laughs> model coming out. While IGN and several other uh, 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 journalists, people were there, and then weeks later announced the new 3DS XL. So it's like, that's the problem. It's like, and the, the, you know, it's, it's kind of where the part of the issue too, where like, we love them when they lie to us and they bring us good news, but like when when they actually tell us the truth and then we don't get the 
but, but we don't believe them when they tell the truth. And then we're upset with them because they told the truth. So it's like, cause it's, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just like double edged sword because they get away with it when it works. And then we and, bitch about when, yeah. when they, when they, yeah. So it's, they're in a no win because, but it's nobody else's fault, but their own. Um, and then kind of next up here, uh, kind of the final thing. Uh, so Tokyo game show was this week. Um, not a lot of like major news coming out of it. Like a lot of like, you know, it's like, very rarely there is. It's usually like you know very Japanese focused. Uh, obviously, it's a Tokyo Game Show, but it's very Japanese focused. Um, but like Capcom had an event there. Uh, Square Enix did. Xbox even had an event there. A few things that came out of it though was like um, the Final Fantasy Origins: Strangers of Paradise game. That's a t- Team Ninja game. It's coming out March 18th. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise, uh, which is uh, a Switch exclusive. It's coming to PC on January 22nd. Mm. And Scarlet Nexus, which is the, um, I want to say Capcom, but I'm pretty sure I'm wrong. Namco Bandai. Namco, Ban- yeah, Namco Bandai. That game is coming to Game Pass and it's out now. So that yep. was a shadow drop, actually. Um, so Xbox seemingly trying to push um, in the Japanese market. So, uh, and then, I mean, like I said, not a lot of major stuff came out of it. That was kind of like the bigger, uh, we got like, I think we got a little bit more news about like Forspoken. Um, no Final Fantasy 16 news, and then we had another trailer, and there's a new demo out now on PS5 and Xbox Series S and X for the the Strangers of Paradise game, which is uh, funny because that game when that when that was revealed at E3, it was like the laughing stock of E3, and then the demo came out and it was broken uh, <laughs> for like a day and yeah. a half when it launched. So, I don't know, anything anything out there that you're like kind of interested in? Oh, let's see. Honestly, besides the shadow drop of uh, Scarlet Nexus and stuff on Game Pass, you know, it's like it's kind of like fairly straightforward upon stuff. So it really wasn't anything too big and stuff for me, in my honest opinion. Yeah, I think uh, I put like six, seven hours of Scarlet Nexus. I think that game is really fun to play. The problem is, is like the story gets in the way. The story is not very good, but it's like it's like Kojima like where it's like 60, 40 story gameplay. Um, but Gables moving on to what we've been playing. Uh, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? You know, I'm fairly fascinated in seeing what uh, you had to play this week. Okay. So uh, I played a few games. Like I said, I've been on vacation. So I have been playing a uh, few games this week. Um, so I wish I, I'll start with, with Kina. So I, I mentioned it last week. I, I played a couple hours of it. Uh, I've now actually beaten the game. Um, quick little things about it is a digital only game. It's $40 on PS5 and PS4. Uh, and also P- a PC. I think it's Epic Game Store actually exclusive. But um, anyways, it's in, uh, made by Ember Labs, which is their first game they've ever done. Uh, and I think it's a really great first start, like first game for somebody, especially well, great first game for anybody, I would say. But it's like it definitely feels like <clears throat> like a studio's like first game of a series where it's like, oh, there's a really cool idea here, but they haven't like fully fleshed out like a sequel. Right. You get the, like, that sequel of the game, the next one. It's like, okay, yeah, all right, this is badass. This is awesome, and that's what this feels like. It's like uh, it's an eighty-one on Metacritic, and I'm like, I think that's like the perfect spot, like a high eighties or high seventies, low eighties kind of area. Because there's a lot of really great things here, um, but there's also like a lot of things that are, like aren't bad. They're just kind of like bare bones, or they're not fully fleshed out. So like, beautiful. First off, it, it, like I said last week, it's like if Pixar decided to make a Souls game where it's, it's very beautiful and it's like graphically, it is stunning. The cutscenes are top notch, like, you know, Pixar level. Um, I think the characters are, they're not 
there's not a lot of depth to these characters, but I think some of the stories that they tell, because kind of the main story is if you play as Kina, can't, 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 I can't, I, I, I do like a word thing in my head to like remember how to say it, but then I when I get to the podcast, I forget what, what I did to, mm. to remember. So I'm going to say Kina, but I, I know it's wrong. Um, but like she is like, she actually helps like spirits get to the other side. Mm-hmm. Like they're like trapped in the world after they die. And the longer they're in the world, the crazier they, they get. Um, and like they, bad things happen. They just, they become evil spirits essentially. So her job is to like bring these, like give these spirits peace and send them to the, to the, the other side. And um, there's three different stories in this game. Like you, you and like the, the, um, like the cutscenes when they do happen, like that's when most of the story is told. Like these stories and like these characters, and like they show you like what happened to them, how they died, what they were doing, what they were trying to do, are like super touching. I think really cool. It's just, but they don't really have. There's not a lot of depth to them, you know. But I think like the the what, like what they're doing is like incredibly cool. But they're not like they don't really deep dive into these characters a lot. But uh, I think like what the story is, it's very cool and very interesting. With like these spirits are trying to help out throughout the game. Um, like I said like. So it's like some of like the the battles and this like the, the the combat is like feels very bare bones at times, um, and I, I like I never felt like you just I never felt like it was fluid for me, and part of this is like the game isn't super duper long it's like nine hours and it's not it's even and it's not like very I would say it's like fifty fifty like uh, like Metroidvania platformer. And the, and then like the other fifty percent is combat, so you're not even like oh, even not this game, so you're not. It's not like a like you see in like a lot of like games that use like souls like mechanics or like even like any other game, third person action adventure game where it's like there's not a crazy amount of combat, um, so like you don't ever really get a chance to like like to really become like like okay like this button with this button like uh, like you just you're just hitting buttons and you just know what you're doing, you know. It's like I play Madden. I, I just, I don't even have to look at the button above the receiver's head. I just know that that receiver's square. You know, it's like, it's just all second nature, all fluid to you. Or like playing God of War or Star Wars Fallen Order, like anything like that. Like after so many hours with the combat, it's just like, you just don't have to think about the buttons you press. You just know what to do. And it's just right. like, I felt so many times like I kept hitting the wrong button combinations or doing the, like I wanted to do this, but I did that. Um, just kept fucking it up and just never became uh, fluid or second. Like I, I was constantly like thinking about it. So I was always kind of playing the game slow. Um, and they're like, they, they, they do add like new mechanics and upgrades later on to it. But it's like, like, so the game isn't like super duper long and there's not a lot of combat into it. Where like you really become, like I said, like as they're adding new stuff to the game, you're not like getting a chance to like really uh, use these things fluid. Like the, like there's a dash mechanic that you get like two thirds through the game, but it's like right. two thirds. Like you have like, two hours left of the game before like the game's over. And there's only a handful of combat scenarios after that. There is like, like chests you can find that have like, uh, unlockables, but you have to like do like battle scenarios to unlock them. So there's that in the game. But like, as far as like in the story combat, there's very little of it. Um, mm. even with that, I feel like doing some, a lot of the side missions is kind of pointless in a lot of ways because, so like you have like your rot with you that are like kind of like, it's like kind of like the Pikmin effect where like they help you solve puzzles or unlock air new areas. And like I said, there's like that Metroidvania style where like you can see things like, you know, you eventually you can do, you can affect these things, but you have to like unlock uh, new mechanics or unlock, uh, find more rot to like up your level and they can do more things. But like, so there's a hundred different rots you can find through the game, but you can, 
you unlock probably half of them, maybe a little less, just playing through the storyline or playing through the campaign. But like a lot of them, like you just find hidden throughout the world. There's a hundred of them. Um, and the more you find that you go up a level, but after 65, you, you hit max level, but there's a hundred to find. But I really don't know, like outside of like the collectability as, uh, part of it, there's really no reason to like explore and find more. I don't think like you become more powerful because like level every time you level up, um, like I think like level you, you find ten you get to level two, I think thirty five you get to level three, and then sixty five you get to level four. And at that point you've like hit the max level for this. Um, so like but you're, you're not like they unlock new like attacks and new abilities, but like after that like they don't really do much for you. Like I don't, okay. like, I don't there's no so and then like even like finding like um, doing all like there's like uh, arrow uh things we have to like a time attack we gotta like shoot all the targets in like a, a certain amount of time and like you unlock crystals which you can use to buy hats for your rot which are it just makes them more cute which is, is awesome but you have to you have to like find chests throughout the world to unlock more hats and i had like thousands of crystals and the hats range from anywhere between 10 crystals to 500 crystals. Oh, so like wow. I had bought every single, every, I bought every single hat that I found and I found three quarters of them, but I still had like, you can buy multiple of them each, but like, I'm like, there's no real, like that. That's the only thing the crystals do is buy hats. Like I said, like the hats aren't super duper expensive and the crystals kind of become fairly easy to find, uh, for the most part. So it's like kind of pointless to do all these side content because it just gets you more crystals um and crystals aren't really that important if you're not finding a lot of hats even if you find the hats you know the crystals it's super hard to get and then like there's um a couple other like like i said like they're like finding the rot finding the hats um and there's like other things you can like you can like find statues that like spread out and you can like put them back where they're supposed to go or fix them and unlocks like uh the i can't remember what they're called but basically it's like points you can use like there's there's a upgrade trees and like i like i said i probably did 65 70% of everything in the game and uh I, I I maxed out my upgrade tree like uh towards the end of the second of the three stories of the game so like I didn't even do a whole probably a third of what there is there for my character and like I had done I I'm 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 getting more of these points for upgrades but I maxed out my upgrades so there's like yeah so all, I mean, I'm not trying to shit this game too much because there's there's a lot of really good stuff here. The game is technically really fun. I think it's really fun to play. I think the the world is great. I think the game is beautiful. The stories, the characters are lovely as hell. Um, the, I, for forty dollars, this game, I, I highly recommend this game. I would just say though, like, do not. This is not like a game of the year contender. This is not a ten out of ten, a nine out of ten. This is a really solid eight out of ten game. I really like if you like this. It feel I I don't want to say like because it's it's almost like a PS2 era uh, third person Metroidvania game really is the best way to put it but like and I don't mean that in a bad way but it's like yeah I, this game is really good but there's just a lot of like flaws to it but like I said there's so many good things there that you can tell that like, like these like I said this is the first game ever they've ever made so you can definitely tell that like all right this isn't fully fleshed out but they are on a path. So I think if they make a Kina 2 or whatever the next game is, I think that game could be fucking top tier excellent. Um, yeah, like I said, like this game is really good. It's just it's not 
it's really it's good, just not it's not great. But it has there's so much potential there. And also they really need to fix the the difficulty spikes because like even on normal this game, like the boss battles are just like incredibly hard. Like you go from like the the like this basic fights with Joshmo enemies, like yeah, you gotta be like, yeah, use some strategy and stuff like that. You can't just go hack and slash or do whatever the fuck you want. You gotta be smart, but it's not really like overly challenging. But you get those boss fights, and they are they just whoop your ass, like it's nothing. It's just like a totally different. Like I feel like I'm playing a totally different game at that point. Like it really feels like I'm playing fucking Dark Souls, where it's like I go in like like in any other normal game, and then the boss fights are like, oh my god, I'm like t- two three hits, you're dead. It's it's incredible. Uh, but like I said, this game is really good. Just it's got a lot of flaws, but nothing like game breaking or terrible. It's just like a lot of like okay, well, all right, mm, not great. Okay, the other game I've been playing, Gables, is uh, I actually beat this one too. Um, is a game called Unmetal. I had to send you okay. the trailer for this uh, because I'm like I saw I, I heard this game I heard about this game a couple months ago. Uh, I, I can't I can't remember where I think it was like maybe at like a, like a, a Nindies or something like that or an Xbox event. Um, so it's basically like a Metal Gear NES Metal Gear okay. parody game. So top down, uh, eight bit graph, eight bit, sixteen bit graphics, um, but it's it's fully voice acted. Uh, but like I said, it is a Metal Gear NES parody game. Um, so you play as like a guy named Jesse Fox who is doing the 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 most like uh, rip off uh, David Hater as Solid Snake voice ever. Um, <laughs> And I mean, like they they do not hold like there's so many like like they do not hide the fact they are like ripping off and doing a parody comedy of uh, Metal Gear. Uh, so like you play as Jesse Fox and like kind of the the gist of the game is like so he like he got arrested for a crime he didn't commit and he breaks out of this prison in the middle of the jungle, a la Metal Gear One. Um, well, except for the rest part, but he's in the jungle. Uh, and then like so it starts to he like he's escaped this prison. But you get arrested by the U.S. government, and what you're doing is you're telling them they want to know what happened and how you you got the situation, who you are, what the fuck happened, and you're telling them the story. And so there's a lot of like him like explaining things, but you're playing the game, and like he'll jump in. And he's like, mm-hmm. but he's like obviously lying about a lot of the shit that he's telling these people. So like they'll be playing the game, like it's supposed to be like you know like uh, you break out of the prison cell, you have this guy, you even have like a codec and everything like that, and when it rings, it's basically it's like it's like I don't know how this isn't copyright infringement of that ring of like a Kodak for a Metal Gear Solid because it's exactly the fucking same. Um, but it's super, like this game is incredibly funny. But like uh, there's like parts where like he's obviously lying and like so like there's one part you go into like a sewer. Like there's 10 different chapters in this game and one of the chapters you're in the sewer and then like you're just randomly being attacked. Like he's like, oh, you're attacked by human piranhas. And like he's like, like the guy's like the 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 like sergeant he's talking to he was like you're telling me you got attacked by human piranhas he's like yeah he's telling this whole story about like how uh uh a woman got was trying to have kids and she had like artificially inseminated but she didn't realize she was artificially inseminated with piranha semen <laughs> and then like this is how it was made and then at one point you like it's so fucking dumb and then like what's really funny about this whole thing is like you can actually like decide some of the things that he tells them so like one point like He's like, I was attacked by, and like, I'll give you like three different options. You can tell him, and some of them like 
you pick where it's like, okay, I was attacked by soldiers. I was attacked by squirrels. So you get like, so you pick, <laughs> I pick squirrels. I think it'd be easier. It is not easier, Gables. It's fucking hard. You get attacked by like, he's like, you're getting to, like, and then like, it, it's fucking not. It, it really feels like almost like the Saints Row team made a, a fucking Metal Gear parody is what it feels like. Um, and like some of it's like even kind of fucksy sometimes where like, what if like you get attacked by this, uh, this like creature and it's like, yeah, this creature and he has, uh, and it'll tell you like he has, and then like, I'll ask you how many tentacles does he have? It says two, four or six. Well, I'm like, I'm going to pick two. Cause it's like, that's a lot easier than four or six. And he's like, he has two dozen tentacles. So like, fuck, I've made it harder for myself. And then like you die and you have to go back and like, okay, well I'm going to pick four this time. That's four is less than six. He's like four pairs of uh, four pairs of tentacles. Like, God damn it. So it's like, then like you die, you go back and you do like, you pick six and now it's just six. So you thought two was easier. No, it's not. It's harder. It's the hardest. Six is actually the easiest. And then like you're, you're fighting him. And then like, you're like, you like, he's like, you're shooting him with the flamethrower. And you're like, and he's like, my flamethrower broke. So I had to fight this creature with my bare fist. And then you have to do the fight with your fist. It's, it's, it's fucking incredibly funny. And really like the whole, like the whole thing is just, uh, it's awesome. I really, I really like the story. There's a lot of problems with this game. And it's kind of a modern an issue where it's like, it's trying to be a uh, late eighties NES game. Yeah. Where like it feels and plays like one, which it does. Like it does have a lot of like the eight bit, like even like you can only hold two items at once. You got to pick, you got to go into your, your, your item menu and switch them out. You know, you got like, you can only have one weapon at, equipped at a time you can only have one other thing uh, other item uh, at a time as well like a healing item or whatever um but like it like the, some of like the you know there's only the only time you can save is you can you can even just, you can only save in a bathroom or you can you save after you uh defeat a boss that's the ah. only time it saves so if you die you have to replay whole sections again which this is what hurts the game i think the most sometimes we're like trying to be too much of old school Hurts it like cause, hurts it because the game is always joking with you, but the problem is, is sometimes the comedy stuff is killed because, all right, that was funny the first time, but now I'm on my fortieth my my thirtieth fortieth attempt at at this uh, this area, and like that joke is no longer funny anymore. Now it's just pissing me off, and like like it's just like I'm trying to like replay this thirty second section to get to this ten second section where I keep dying. But I gotta go through the thirty-second section. That was incredibly funny the first time, but now I'm seeing it for the twentieth time, the twenty-fifth time, the thirtieth time, and I'm just replaying this section over and over again. And like, even like when you die, like you die at a boss fight, and like, it'd be great to just like load right there at that boss fight, you know, like that. Like, I die there. Let me bring him back there. Instead, like it brings you back a minute before the boss fight. So then I gotta walk through, do this whole section again. And it's like not even like doing like you're not even fighting anybody. It's just like walking there or like there's like uh boxes you can break or things like that to like find healing items or anything like that so it's like i gotta do this shit all over again to get back to this boss fight do this boss fight and you're like something's like the boss fights are hard but they're not like they're never like incredibly hard like you know it's like and when you die it's like okay like i know what i need to do to get better it's just everything like everything else is like what makes this game difficult where it's just like if you get caught like this like it turns into like a Gear game where it's like like they alert people and they are attacking you. And at this point, like you're fucked because part of the, what's really funny about this game is the fact that like he doesn't kill people. Right. So you have a pistol, 
But if you shoot somebody, you have to use one of your healing items to heal them. Wow. So, yeah. So like you have like a slingshot you can use to take, but it takes like three shots to hurt them. Um, you have like a chloroform that you can use to knock them out. So like I would actually use like so. What's really funny? Is this part never got old for me. Is that you can use you so you or you can also like uh, knock them out with like like punching them. Right. Sure you can knock them out real fast, but like if there's other enemies around that can hear it and alerts them and shit like that. But um, what I like to use, like you had coins and you would throw the coin and like one of the guards is like, Oh, a coin. And I'll walk over and grab the coin and then you can go grab the chloroform. You drag them and pull them back uh, and, and knock them out that way. <laughs> um, so that was like a lot of shit I would use there. But like a lot of the challenge of this game is like, cause like I said, if you get caught, you're basically fucked cause you can't shoot anybody. Cause then you got to burn through all your healing items. Right. To right. Bring them back. Um, so once you get caught, you just you just let yourself die and start over again. Uh, and like a lot of the cases are like, um, like you can't if you like uh, like alert anybody uh, or like you're, you're telling the story and you're telling them, I made it to this whole section without uh, raising any alarms or getting caught at all. And like uh, if you do, if you get caught in the section or even alert a guard, but you knock him out before he actually puts the alarm on, he's like, well, you say you didn't uh, alert anybody. You're obviously lying here. And then you get a game over. And you got to start all over again. So I was like, that was a hard part was like getting through the sections where they not so much the combat, but like getting through the sections where it's like, you can't like, you just can't like, you can't fuck up. You got, you got to do this smooth or like, there's like areas you got to like, he's like, I made it here in less than two minutes. And then you actually have two minutes to get to this from one area to the next. And like trying to do laws where you have to get in the combat. And you have to like you have to fight these people. You got to do it quickly, but you also don't want to burn. Like I said, the easiest way to get through it is to shoot them. But then you got to decide like, okay, do you want to burn precious time and do it the way where I preserve health and items, or do I want to do it and like take a risk and take my time, but also um, you know risk not getting there in time. Right. So that that was very frustrating. And then also a couple of, like one thing like there's a lot of like random items you can collect throughout the game, uh, and like. There's some of them that just you just unlock and they don't they don't have any use. You just unlock them, like you steal a guy's glass eye. Never has any point. You just you nah. stole a glass eye, um, which is funny. But then there's also like some items like where you collect them, like you can combine items together. But sometimes you like it's like a way to uh, customize a Molotov cocktail, which you never figure out how to use. But like you don't have to. But there's some things that are like actually like you can't. You have to combine these things together to get through the game. There's one section where I was stuck at forever. So like you go like some of these areas, what's really frustrating is like you get to this part where you have to like, like they ask you questions. You got to pick the answers kind of almost like a telltale style right, game. Right. And if you fuck up, like you pick the wrong option, they call you out in this lie, but you're trying to like, you're basically trying to like, like lie your way through the scenario. But like you, you pick one wrong option. It might be four or five different choices. You pick one, anyone wrong game over. You got to start over again. Oh, and so that's frustrating. Uh, but like, there's like one part where like you have to like, combine items together a certain way. It's like at one point, okay, minor spoilers for this area. Um, so you like you're trying to like get into like the the, the this base, and you're trying to pretend like you're the pizza boy. But you have to like n- go to like get to find this trash can. No, to go to the trash can, like just search this trash can, find an empty pizza box. But then also on the other side of this area, it's like one. It's actually one screen, but like in the corner there's a fire extinguisher. You have to go over to the fire extinguisher, pick that up, and then combine the fire extinguisher with the pizza box and make it look like the pizza box is smoking, like it's a fresh, <coughs> excuse me, hot pizza. Right. And because otherwise the guy will look and he'll be like, that pizza looks cold. There's no steam coming out of it. 
and that's how they catch you. So like the, it's like random shit like that. And like one point, like I got stuck for like forty five minutes because then there was one item I missed in the game, like in this area that I needed to use to get to the next area. Um, so I, I was wandering around forever trying trying to find it. Um, and I, I didn't even know what the item was I needed. I just know I needed an item, and I finally found it. And I'm like, oh, this must be the item I needed. So like, there's definitely a lot of pain points like that. Overall, I think this game is. I mean, like it's kind of like the kid thing. I feel like there's, I'm nitpicking a lot of things, but it's very like there was points. I will say this: if I was not on vacation this week, Gables, mm-hmm. I probably would have gave up on this point out of frustration. <laughs> because I was on vacation, I had the time. I kept. Uh, I'm really happy I beat it because I think this game is really funny. It's really good. There's just a lot of like small things that become big things uh, if you get stuck on this area. If you get stuck in this 30 second area for 45 minutes, and that happens to me multiple times in this game. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a really great game. It's like I think it's sixteen dollars right now. Uh, okay. At least till Tuesday. Otherwise, it's twenty bucks. It's on sale right now, because uh, it just came out. It just literally came out Tuesday. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think this game is really good. Um, like I said, it's a lot of pain points, but it's a fucking blast. If you have any interest and uh, in like something like this, just watch the trailer, um, and I think I'll tell you if you want to play this game or not. But uh, yeah, I really like it. I would highly recommend it. Like I think Gables, I think you would really like this game. Because you definitely have a lot more patience for some of that old school <laughs> stuff than I do, um, so I think you could you could have a lot of fun with it. Um, another game I played, I don't really want to talk about. I, I started playing a game called Unsighted. It just came to Game Pass on Thursday. Um, I only played the first couple hours of it, but I want to play some more of it before I talk about it. But I, I played that, and I'm also in the Halo Infinite uh, flight as well. But I haven't got a chance to play it yet, so that's why I'm playing Gables. What about you? All right, so I did play a little bit more of Haven and stuff. What I can say at this point is the story is definitely the most fascinating thing about the game. Yep. While the other parts of the game are not bad and stuff, like the music, like the exploration and terrain, stuff like that, and also the terms of like the turn-based RPG combat and stuff, it's not bad. It's simplistic, yes, but not like, say, bad and stuff. I'm already past the point and stuff where I've went across a couple of boss battles and stuff, you know, and I kind of understand what initially they were going for, aiming for, in regards to the whole, like... uh, rpg like combat situation and stuff so quintessentially it's basically you have to you have to go based uh do like different strategies based upon what type of boss you're facing like for example the first one that i could think of is like you have to do like dual like attacks and stuff like duo like say blasts or impact attacks or something Mm -hmm. like that and try to do a lot of the timing stuff for the last boss I did face and stuff, you had to do shielding. One person had to do shielding. The other one had to do, like, some sort of, like, blast moves and stuff in order to get the uh, enemy, like, the HP just dwindled away and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I've played still, like, a little bit more in terms of, like, Haven and stuff like that. What I am starting to notice, though, is a little bit of, like, annoying factors and stuff where it's, like, every time you do leave an area and stuff, it's there's always this one, like, these cutscenes and stuff loading into, like, the other stuff. Now, bear in mind, I'm playing the game like on the Xbox One S and stuff. Oh, okay. So it's like there are a little bit of load times and stuff that I I am coming across while I'm going through different terrains and stuff. Of course, I'm glad it saves the game progress while I'm going through and doing that stuff. But when you're going through a different area or exploring different things and stuff like that, and all of a sudden it's like you go to another area and you have to wait for like a good solid maybe 15, sometimes 20 seconds or something to load into the next area, only to find out that... Uh, like, uh, throughout the map and stuff, it's like, oh, okay, there was, like, one item I still need to collect in, in this area and stuff. And so I do that, and you go another 20 or 30 seconds and stuff into the next area. Yeah, no, I get that, it's, yeah. It's that type of stagnation in terms of that stuff where, yeah, 
you know, that kind of takes you a little bit out of the experience with it. But uh, the thing about the exploration in general and stuff, I did like the bunch of the stuff that I was going through and try to search for. So, but at the same time, there really isn't a lot of depth other than, like, say, collecting the, the rust in regards to trying to clear the different types, different areas and stuff. Because unless you're going through and doing the main missions, like the main stuff that you have to do to repair your ship and stuff, there really isn't too much emphasis upon exploring the whole terrain to clear out the rust to begin with, other than just collecting enough resources so you can go and file for your next major repair to your ship. Yeah. But, but other than that, though, it's like I feel like the game is good so far from what I've been playing and stuff. Story, obviously, is the best part and the most interesting part. I kind of interested in seeing how this game would have fared, like if it was just like say a visual novel sort of aesthetic, like aesthetic or something like that, more so than it is. Because even though I am enjoying the game, enjoying the combat, enjoying the bits of the music and stuff like that, you know, there are just a lot of like point A, point B type of stuff which are okay and stuff, but uh, kind of get kind of annoying, kind of a little bit annoying, kind of a little bit like uh, redundant after a while. Where okay, well let's go explore this part right here. Let's Face a couple of these enemies right here. Oh, I'm being chased by another enemy, you know, because yeah. uh, this and that. But, uh, yeah, I still have some bit of interest in regards to going through and eventually playing a little bit more of Haven. But, I, I will, yeah. I, I will say, sorry to cut you off. I, like, if you're going to answer, I, I, I was mostly joking about you, you know, I don't want you to feel like you're, you're being forced to play it because of me. Uh, you know, it's, I, I definitely, I hope you, I want you to like it because right. obviously I, I want everybody to like now, things granted, I like. But. Granted, Tyler, I do like the game. I like the direction that they head for in the story and stuff. I don't feel like mm. the exploration, the combat is as strong as they like that. No. If that were the case, I mean, hell, I'd be freaking glued to this thing like 24-7 yeah. stuff. But I'm finding it I, where I'm playing it like between a couple of other games too. Yeah. I, I, do, I just want to like real quickly before, before you go on to your thing. I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, but like, I would say, like, I, I'm with you because, like, I think the combat, the idea of it's really cool. Yes. It's just, it's yes, it's simplistic. I would I would love to play a game that uses that, but, like, more in depth. Right. Um, after a certain point, like, because I, I did a lot of grinding and that in the beginning, and that's, a, just don't do that. Honestly, just put the, I put the combat on easy after a certain point because I just want to get through that part because, really, like you said, like, the best part is the characters and the story. So if you are interested in, like, playing this game... Do as little combat as you really need to do because it's like you're going to level cap fairly easily in this game. I level capped super early because I grinded so much in the beginning and I'm like, fuck, I wish I would have done that. And don't worry about like getting all the rust everywhere because you don't really like because I, I did a lot of that too in the beginning. And like after a certain point, I'm like, OK, the crux of this game is the story and the characters like just focus on that. I would say honestly, just do like if you are interested in doing this, unless you're really into like all the other stuff. I would say just focus, like, if you are going to continue playing it, just focus on doing what you need to do to uh, beat the game. Yes. But I, I wouldn't worry about, like, any, like, all the side shit. Because, I mean, there's some cool, like, story stuff that comes out of it sometimes. But for the most part, it's like, the, the be- all the best shit is, is in the, the main story. Right, right. I understand where you're coming from from that. And that's actually, that was, that's fairly good advice and stuff to where just focus upon the main objective in and of itself, which is just the story stuff and collecting the pieces. But uh, let's see. Other than that, I have played a fair amount of Castlevania Advanced Collection. Granted, this is pretty much up my alley and stuff. There was one game mm-hmm. out of that game 
out of that collection I dove into right away because I never played it, and that was Castlevania Dracula X. There was the Super Nintendo version that uh, was called Vampire's Kiss in Europe. The thing about it is this game was supposed to be the quote-unquote like answer or something like that to Castlevania Rondo of Blood that was released in the Turbo Graphics or like the PC Engine in Japan. The game that didn't come stateside until like about 2012 on the PSP, technically. Mm. So I didn't know what to expect while trying to go through and play this game initially. I had seen a couple of people try playing this game and stuff and not enjoy a lot, not enjoy some bit of the games because there are some aspects of it that were fairly annoying. I've heard this game is terrible. Right. Right. Having played through the game and stuff, it's more so annoying, and there are a lot of level design hiccups and stuff that make this game a lot worse than what it should be. And to be perfectly honest with you, you start off like you would in like the original Rondo of Blood. You start off playing as Richter and stuff, and it's like a desolated like town or something like that, but it's not taken from like Castlevania 2 like the Rondo of Blood is. It's like sort of like a random sort of town, right? And so mm-hmm. the thing about it is, it's a straight, like, uh, like a, it's like a straight, like, linear path and stuff you get to go to, right? But yet, it doesn't tell you this, but, like, at stage two and stuff, you can actually go and take altern- alternative paths, like, inside Rondo. But uh, some of the stage designs and stuff and some of the enemies that repeat throughout this, throughout this entire game and stuff are fairly annoying. Like, uh, for example, the Javelin Knight. Now... These Javelin Knights, right, or Spear Knight, what they're called, they're like pink armored sort of like a knights, right, to where they have a couple of different types of attacks. They can stab you, they can go through. If you are if you are on a platform below them or if you're on a platform above them, they'll go forth and they'll stick the freaking, their spears upwards or downwards to try to attack you and stuff. I came across a fair amount of them where I'm using the plain whip. There's actually no power-up that I noticed for the whip itself. Like... Even with the other Castlevania games, you know, if you have the most powerful version of the whip, you're going to have to get, like, another power-up and stuff in order to help it out. But it took me a little bit to defeat even some of those basic enemies. It took, like, maybe three, maybe four hits, really, to try to defeat just a basic enemy, like a Spear Knight. But a lot of my frustrations came from being hit off-screen by enemies, like, that I didn't even know were there. Like, for example, there was a stage where I was traveling downwards, right? And I, and when I was going down, I got hit by a fireball from down below. I'm like, where the hell did that come from? And I go, like, a little panel down, and there was a merman that was walking around and stuff like that. I was shooting fireballs. I was like, how the hell? He didn't give me any time to react to that damn thing. I had to find out through, like, going down too fast, quintessentially. But, yeah, a lot of the boss battles are actually kind of annoying. There were a couple that were pretty cool. There was a Necromancer boss that was pretty fun to try to delve around with. The first boss is uh, quintessentially like almost like a Cerberus or something like that. Only, um, only it kind of looked like a two-headed wolf, to be perfectly honest with you. But that thing was annoying as fuck because the thing would be bouncing around the freaking stage, like back and forth. And speaking of, like, wolf bosses and stuff... The werewolf boss in this stage, which is supposed to be, like, a homage to, like... Not homage, but it's supposed to be, like... Like the boss battle in, like, Rondo of Blood. That thing killed me a whole hell of a bunch of times. Hmm. Then, I... I don't know what it was about it. It's like, when I played the Rondo, yeah, the werewolf boss would give me trouble. 
but I don't understand why in terms of like Dracula X it gave me that much trouble. And more or less it's because it kept popping off new attacks and stuff that I had to try to recognize that it was doing. It felt like the AI was artificially tougher than what it should have been for some aspects of it. Like some boss battles felt like that. But I'll tell you what's absolutely terrible. It's the final boss battle against Dracula. Because here's the thing. Yes, Dracula does have two forms by the end of this game. But here's the kicker. The final stage. Here's the set things. Like you're traveling up the staircase and stuff. Going towards like Dracula's like the final boss battle in the Castlevania game, right? And you come across this final room. And all of a sudden you see like these... You see like these little bits of like uh, platforms, right? And the platforms rise a little bit and there are pits, like literally like pitfalls and stuff like that. And so it doesn't span from like one screen. You have to travel between like two screens, like sometimes in order to try to like, uh, it. let's just say the boss stage, the final boss, like, like arena pretty much it felt like is a lot longer than what it should be. And so sometimes you will not see Dracula on screen while he goes through and launches an attack on you. Now, bear in mind, it's like, he can definitely attack you, and it will not be clear what type of the, like, his hitbox in regards to some of his attacks, like how you can avoid them or how you can actually hit him. But uh, the thing about this final boss battle that I didn't like, one... It was very slow, especially with Dracula's first form. You can hit his head once, and if you miss the window in order for him to like for in order for you to hit him, he'll flash back like to the opposite side of the stage or somewhere else and stuff, and you have to track back all the way back and then wait for him to get open. It's like one hit, and then you have to do this and on top of that, it's like when you do give him like one hit, only like a sliver of health is drained out of the entirety. So it so the goddamn first form of Dracula is like a bullet sponge, quintessentially. He's, he has so much health when you go through the first stage of this boss battle. But because I had save states and I got, because I had other things, you know, I did not want to spend a fucking hour on this boss battle. So I went, saved as I go. Yes, I kept getting hit. I kept getting fucking, like, uh, kickback from being hit and falling into pits. That happened quite a few times. <laughs> And that's pretty much another thing about this boss battle that was horrendous. It's like you would get hit and then drop down the fucking pit because of the pitfall. No other Castlevania game I can remember where the final boss battle did this. Not even the ones on the NES or even like the later ones, say like on the Super Nintendo. Well, besides this game. But uh, Super Castlevania 4 never did it. Bloodlines never did it. Even like the Metroidvania style games like Symphony of the Night and like Ari of Sorrow, Circle of the Moon, and all that other shit. They never did things like that because that was incredibly annoying. Now come to his second form. When I finally did whittle him down to the second form, he has a couple of attacks. One, when he raises his arms, there's like two fireballs that will like fly from his fingers, and you have to somehow dodge them. And they're super quick too. So you have to dodge them, and it will not tell you how many times that'll shoot. Sometimes it's going to be three times, sometimes it'll be five times or something like that. It was more or less an RNG side of thing to try to avoid. But on top of that, he has this sort of like electric attack once you do hit him a couple times, where it takes off a large chunk. So unless you're able to get onto a platform 
that's a little bit lower and stuff and crouch so that way he doesn't hit you, you're going to get hit. And considering I had low health to go into that boss battle to begin with, it was so annoying having to go reload a save state, try again. Reload a save state, try again. This is the type of boss battle, Tyler, that if I played that as a kid, I would never want to play the game again. Because Yeah, it would just be a controller bullshit. sticking out of your TV screen. Well, yeah, because this is a bullshit final boss battle. And I knew when I was playing through this game that I would probably never give this game another playthrough. Because everything else progressively being and stuff was annoying because of how AI spiked in certain areas and certain boss battles. There wasn't really a lot of creativity in terms of some of the level designs from this game entirely. But... At the same time, I can understand why people were pissed off when they got this as opposed to what Japan got in terms of Rondo of Blood. But uh, that was the game I did beat this week. So I can say I have beaten this game. <laughs> nice. But uh, the other game that I did play, yeah, I started back Circle of the Moon. Okay, and that's the thing is. about it. Circle of the Moon... I have Heavy Nostalgia 4 because I played it back when inside high school. I love the changes that they made with this game in general. And by changes, they included a couple different things that I pretty much enjoy. One, they actually give you a counter for if you like hit an enemy, it'll actually tell you if it drops a card or not. That is a godsend to me because I do not... The previous times I've played through Circle of the Moon... I had to use a guide. I had to guess which monsters dropped what card. And I would usually forget. And uh, what's kind of funny, fairly early on, I had a bunch of attribute cards. <laughs> like from the get-go and stuff. Like there was literally a couple rooms, like a couple enemies in a couple areas that would actually drop one of the cards and stuff. So it was like maybe three or four hours in and I already had like about over half of the cards that I need <laughs> in terms of that. Because... All you have to do is like basically grind on a specific like uh, enemy and stuff, and eventually it'll drop what you need. But uh, I'd end up getting a bunch of powerful like equipped items on there, so I'd actually go through and equip it on to uh, Nathan, like uh, Nathan and stuff like that, so I can go and through specific areas and stuff. But there was one enemy, one enemy that I had to grind for literally like a half an hour, and I got I leveled up three times. Got two cursed rings, which actually helped me improve substantially, like some of my stats in some area, while radically decreased the luck chance. Now, this thing was an arch demon, right? And so the corridor consisted of me pushing a pushing this crate, right, having to destroy what looked like a griffin that was flying across the thing, and on top of that, there's this arch demon that's supposed to be like blocking this health power up, that this permanent health power up. And so I had to double jump over him because he would do this fire attack to where he would do like a scatter shot thing back and forth like twice. So I had to get behind him, hit him about five or six times, and he would die. I had to repeat this like for a good solid almost half an hour before I finally found the card that I wanted to get. <laughs> yeah, man, it's like the RNG. It's like sometimes you'll get the card in a few hits. Sometimes it'll take you half an hour. I mean, it's one of those things. I know that that was prevalent in Aria of Sorrow because every monster had something to drop. <laughs> and I actually completed that game <laughs> back mm. one back in the day. But uh, 
I'll tell you what, it was such a trip playing through Circle of the Moon, going through some of the boss battles. I've been heavily enjoying playing through the game this time because of not only it being easier for me to, to collect the cards I need, but also there is in-depth details in regards to encyclopedia in terms of the, the bestiary, in terms of what monsters are available and stuff from the get-go. Like, you press the L2 button, right? And then it'll pop up a menu, and you can actually pop up the encyclopedia on what attacks will do what, like, for each combination of the DSS cards. Like, you don't have to figure it out for yourself or look up a guide or something. It, it's automatically available when you do the, the pause menu and do this and do that. I really like that. But uh, also, you go through the BCR, you see how much health is this or that or some or what button combination you need to do in order to execute this attack for, say, like, with the... Uh, like uh, the DSS card of Apollo and stuff in combination with some of the attribute things. Because quintessentially, it's like... It's quintessentially almost like a... Uh, almost like a cheat sheet, quintessentially. <laughs> but I do love the fact that... Uh, when you are collecting the cards and stuff, they are based upon like certain Greek like monsters and also Greek figures and stuff like that. Like you'll have... You'll have, like, uh, mythical creatures, say, like a salamander, or a unicorn, or, like, uh, a thunderbird, or something like that. You know, like, these fantastical, like, uh, creatures. But then, you'll have, like, Greek, sort of, like, gods and goddesses and stuff like that. Like, say, Mercury, or Apollo, or Mars, or Diana, or some of that sort. Where those combinations will do, like, a special attack based upon certain conditions being met. Like, my favorite one is using a uh, Flame Whip, because <laughs> that's classic Castlevania, to where if you play Castlevania 2, collect an item, you use a Flame Whip in order to go through and defeat enemies. Oh, God. I am over halfway through that game. <laughs> I am at level 31, <laughs> and that was based upon, like, a week of playing this game. Oh, God. I defeated the Cerberus, the Necromancer, let's see, the Iron Golem. Those three bosses were fine. But uh, when I had to go forth and try to play and beat the zombie dragon, oh god, that thing was a pain in the ass. Because I'll tell you what, nothing is more annoying than having to concentrate on not one, but two bosses at the same time. So the zombie dragon, it's quintessentially two dragons side by side. You have platforms in the middle, and you have, you have these two dragons, their heads rotate. And so, basically, what you have to do is you have to dodge projectiles, but on the same time trying to hit and whittle down life points of the heads themselves. So, you have to have the axe sub-weapon with you, and also you have to have an attack, like a DSS power-up, that will hit above you. So, for this case and scenario, I was using the Rose Sword in order to try to get more damage at the arc angle of uh, my attack. I had to repeat this, like, about four or five times before I initially... I was doing a test stream on Twitch while doing this, right? And at that, at, at the certain point and stuff, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go through and try to beat this thing off screen here because it's like, mm. I didn't want to go through and just have to repeat this and that. I had two people watching, actually. But nice. as They're soon cool. as I ended the stream and I go forth my last final attempt, I end up beating the bosses. It took me about a good solid seven minutes, but I fucking beat the, <laughs> the bosses. Oh, God. And it's recommended you be at level 25. I think it was like a 23. So I was underleveled. It felt like I was underleveled. <laughs> but uh, remaining stuff to go, I want to... My main goal of this game, I want to collect the rest of the DSS cards and stuff. I want to beat the other bosses like uh, the like Death, Camilla, like uh, Hugh, and also Dracula. So 
about both forms of Dracula, obviously. But uh, yeah, you know what? Playing through Circle of the Moon, revisiting that, that was fun. Playing Haven this week, that was fun. And not so much so for a Dracula X. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, man, it's like, it's that time and stuff where it's Halloween. I want my Castlevania. Yeah. Very good. Very cool, man. (sighs) Well then. Guys, I think the, is there anything else you want to say? Actually, I, I'm trying to. I think I got you out there. Oh no, man! I, I'm pretty much done for what I've been playing this week, dude. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. <laughs> Alrighty. Um. Well. Wow. Wow. We went a long this week. Uh. But you know, thank you guys so much for listening. Um. You want to hear more from us? Uh. We are all. We are on everything. Uh. Or if you like this show, uh. Please go to our. Uh, if you're on YouTube, uh. Like, subscribe, click the bell. Um, you know, our Apple, Google, Spotify, um, any of those places where you're Adam, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, like, subscribe, share five stars, thumbs ups, whatever you can do. Uh, we really appreciate it. All that helps us out with the algorithm, makes it easier for us to be found, see by more people. Um, also, I mean, if, you, uh, and for, from this point on every, every week, I'll actually be posting the links to all of these places in our show notes. So if when you, uh, click down uh on our show notes if you're watching the uh the, the video portion of this or even actually on the podcast version the audio version of this um in our show notes you'll have the links to everywhere we're basically where we're at even though it even includes um our extra life uh, pages if you're in, interested in donating which we would also would appreciate or even more appreciate if you just sign up yourself and got your own donors because that's even better to me um but yeah uh thank you guys so much for listening i was your host i was tyler and i have been colonel gables until next time everyone thank you for very thank you very much for putting up with our bullshit (laughs) but most importantly of all that thank you very much for listening to another fun-filled episode of the drunk dash nerds podcast hey gables yep too sweet too sweet man bye guys see ya